Welcome, everybody. JR. Welcome. You set this welcome. up. Yeah, so I think we'll start by you guys introducing yourselves, uh, 60 seconds, and then we'll get into it. I am Josh Forty, and this is my studio. Actually, it's just my house um, on the couch. <laughs> I uh, run a sales and marketing company and kind of have a podcast back and forth. Um, I don't know. What do you want? Like backstory or just? Yeah, just on? backstory. Grew up on a farm, homeschooled uh, for most of my life. Well, for all my life was homeschooled. Grew up on a farm for most of my life. Got into entrepreneurship seven, eight years ago now. Eight years ago in the kind of the social media space and uh, a lot of trial and error, but had success with an Instagram agency, growing and managing like 10 million followers, then exited that and got into the next thing and jumped around from thing to thing for a while and now do sales and marketing for uh, this. Uh, firm believer in Jesus Christ, but I'm a weird uh, religious person because I got big beef with the church and a whole backstory with that. <laughs> and tend to, tend to lean conservative, although I would call myself more libertarian, but I'm definitely, uh, I support Trump. So, you know, there's that, there's that whole thing. Yeah, so, um, but for weird reasons, we'll get into that. So yeah. that's a little bit of backstory. Mary, yeah. have a daughter, uh, two months old, and uh, friends with JR for a long time. Yeah. Cool. I'm JR. I'll be moderating yeah. and uh, just trying to lead the conversation. Entrepreneur, run a business, about 40 people that work for me in the Airbnb real estate space. And uh, yeah, I'm here to moderate and keep the level, the playing field level. Uh, well, I'm Colin. Uh, I just met Josh tonight. I've yeah, literally known, like five minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, known, <laughs> known JR for a little bit. Um, super happy. Appreciate you opening up your home to us. Um, I'm founder and CEO of a uh, bedding company, not bedding people, but literally bed sheets, mattresses, pillows called Sheets and Giggles. Um, and we make sustainable eucalyptus mattresses, pillows, sheets. Um, and uh, we were founded in 2017. Um, I've since grown the company to hundreds of thousands of customers. We've been on Good Morning America. Uh, we've been on the view, a bunch of other great programs and, uh, we, you know, have had some good success, have raised some venture capital, been through accelerators like Techstars, Um, and, uh, I think we were ranked number 309 on the Inc 5000 in 2022. Um, so have some business background there. And then personally, um, I, I don't know. I, I'm 33. I'm uh, getting married in April. Yeah, you're about to get married, bro. Yeah, uh, and then uh, you know, interestingly, I I would describe myself. Uh, I used to say I was a step right of a socialist. Um, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing wow. way to introduce myself. <laughs> I've never really had like political stigma in terms of like labels or uh, what I think about myself or others. My mom's very conservative. My dad's very liberal. And so I grew up, they're both together after 40 years. So I grew up at a divided dinner table. I thought that was very normal for people who disagreed to love each other and talk to each other mm. openly and debate and talk. And um, the Iraq war was super fun at the dinner table and <laughs> all sorts of different things. So um, yeah, so I, that kind of informs my political background. And um, But yeah, I would say I'm pretty far left in a lot of ways and used to be a libertarian as well. So I'm sure we'll have a lot of overlap there. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So let's start by... Hold on, hold on, hold on. You have to... I want to read the text that made this conversation. <laughs> okay. I'll let you take over from here, but we have to start with this. So JR, this was what? Forever ago now. A few months like ago. Six, yeah, six months, months ago or something ago, yeah. like that. Yeah. Literally puts us in a text thread, me and him in a text thread. We've never met before. I have no idea who this guy is. I don't even know what he looks like, right? And 
says, and I quote, Josh, meet Colin. He's the maximum liberal I'll tolerate in a human being and can still be friend, uh, still call them a friend. Un- unbiased moderator. Right? <laughs> Colin, meet Josh, Donald Trump's biggest fan. <laughs> I feel like you guys should meet, so let's plan dinner or something this week. And here we are having a podcast six months later. This is great. We did it. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Right. So I think we should start with you both sharing the values that formed your stance or viewpoint so your libertarian conservative values and then your liberal values yeah do you want to start you want me to uh yeah you can start all right um so i grew up like like i said in a very small town we were talking about kind of that before and very religious um and i think i disagree with a lot of maybe the things that were like the rules and stuff that were imposed in my church and, you know, things of that nature, perhaps. But one of the things that I think my parents and where I grew up, they or particularly my parents did really well was they always explained why they were doing what it was that they were doing. Right. And so I got to have a deep understanding of like, like m- the moral argument right now, I, I can disagree with how it was actually carried out. Um, but morality and the concept of good and evil, like there being bad and good and things like that, um, were very much in conversation growing up. Right. And so when I got into high school, I was homeschooled. Right. And so I had like required reading of studying like all the different religions. Like I know the Bible very, very well, not because I wanted to, but because I was like, that was what I, you know, grew up being told I had to do, but also like we read, you know, the you know, the Quran and studying, you know, different religions around the world and, you know, things like that. And so Things that like, or I would say my value system now comes from the morality that I find in the Christian faith. I think Christians uh, very much wrongly apply these values, right, in a lot of ways. Um, and those things would be, you know, that like honesty is obviously very important. But I think that the the search for and, and seeking out of truth is probably, I don't know about the utmost good, but I think that's that's what everybody should be striving for, right, is like seeking out of what truth is. I do believe in absolute truth. Um, but I, but I don't believe there's much absolute truth. I believe there's like a absolute truth or, you know, a giver of absolute truth. And I think there are a lot of, a lot of truth that is not absolute, but it's rather how it's applied, um, to one's life. But I do believe that there is a, you know, there is absolute, uh, absolute truth. Um, so that has shaped much of my, uh, my moral beliefs. I grew up in a very, very, very conservative, like part of the country. Um, like the, I think the County that I lived in had like maybe like one black family in it, like type of deal. Like literally, like I'm talking like, like super, so, so de facto, extremely conservative. But, no, but I, yeah, no, yeah, but I yes. mean like, but like you understand what I'm talking yeah, yeah, like about. Small town, small yeah, town totally. like, you yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. saying. Um, so I grew up with a view of like, I, everybody around me was good people. Right. And this, this was just good. And then anything that wasn't, that was yeah. bad. Right. A bubble. Yeah, yeah for sense. sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And so when I got out and when I ended up leaving and then getting into entrepreneurship and traveling, that's when this very, very small view of the world and this very, very small view of morality, which was very black and white at the time went from, wait a second, hold on. There is, it's not all absolute. It's not just black and white. There's lots, lots more to this through that whole search, through that whole journey of, I mean, I, I walked away from the church for a while, like, like was like, I don't need God. Never, never denounced God or anything. I mean, I, I believed it, in him. It, it's okay. I won't judge right. you. No, but he, I did. He will. Right? But, but, I, <laughs> but, but no, but then I, but then, you know, my brother died in a helicopter crash and oh. I, you know, traveled around the world with, you know, my now wife and um, that whole process and that journey of like really searching of who I was and this whole thing, everywhere I looked, it, it pointed back to God for me. So I, I refound my relationship with God 
outside of religion, right? I think religion, whew, that's a whole different topic. Yeah. But like, but this, and so my my value system and my the way that I make decisions in the world very much comes from a, okay, I have a relationship with Jesus and I believe there is an absolute truth or at least a giver of truth, right? And being God, whatever you want to call it, right? I call him Jesus. Um, that's who I serve. And my my value system is very much based on the morality of how Jesus told, told us to live. We can get into specifics of that. Um, but yeah, my life has very much changed since 2020 um, when I was the height of my Trump, all of that, right? I'm, I'm a very different person in that. My, my you, stances of that. Real quick, what, what was the height of your Trump? What is oh, that? Like, I was like, on, dude, I was on social media. Like, I'm, I'm talking like what we do posts with thousands. You had like a flag and like, and oh, like, Trump, uh, 20, Trump 2020, save America. Let's go, Brandon. Like my neighbors, like, like, vandalizing my apartment and like cutting flags off my Jeep because they, they hated me so much, like on social media, hundreds of thousands, millions of impressions of, of people, tens of thousands of comments of people arguing back and forth, like height, wow. height. And it was huh. like, yo, like Trump sucks. For, I get it. He's a horrible person, but also America, like look at the alternative. Right. So my view uh, on and you, that and you, is, and just to track your age, you were 25 then and 21 in 2016 when he yeah, came up, yeah. was 2016 your first election? Okay, yep. cool. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So anyway, that is that kind of yeah. what, what you were going for? Yeah. I mean, that informs a lot too in terms yeah. of like 2016 being your first election and that sort of yep. thing. And, you know. Yeah. And one other thing I think is a key point. I have a, a very, 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 very deep-seated belief of like this concept of personal responsibility. And I say everything is your fault. Not actually like it's everything's your responsibility, whatever. But like if you want to change your life, you are in complete control of your ability to change your life, Right. And so I have a deep-seated belief of personal responsibility and like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd actually talk about that more in a second, but I'll, uh, in terms of personal responsibility and that sort of thing. Um, but <clears throat> so my background is, and I'll, I'll be, um, to, to sum it up, I would say in terms of like my views and like where I am, um, I'm very much left of the Democratic Party. I would like it if people broadly in America didn't go bankrupt from cancer. It's kind of like a <laughs> driving force for me. Um, and, you know, I have, I, in terms of my upbringing, uh, like I said, like watching my mom and dad argue at the dinner table yeah. um, about like, you know, Bush versus Kerry and out, out the hanging chads in Florida in 2000 as a 10 year old. Um, you know, it, all this stuff was, it made me more of a political animal as I, I grew up. And I went to Catholic school for 12 years. Um, I always say that Catholic school kind of turned me into like a bit of a monster. Like by the time I was 18, I was so judgmental. I mean, I would. It's. I mean, like, <laughs> like the the guilt that they instill in you in terms of like right and wrong and this absolutism and like moral mortal sin versus venial sins and like you know doing the math in my head as a kid who you know my my claim to fame is I got a perfect score on my SAT right so like math to me was like I, everything was math. I'm just saying like yeah, like yeah. so for like for me I was like. I'm like doing the math in my head. I'm like, all right, I think this is like a venial sin, not a moral sin. Like, I think I should be okay. And I'm like 12, you know, and I'm like trying to like do the, I'm trying to like make sure I'm doing the calculus to like get into heaven and not burn the lake of fire forever. Right. So like, and you know, my parents, I've talked to them about this as I've gotten older. They, they're always like, we didn't know that you worried about stuff like that. I'm like, right. Because you guys never really taught me that it was the people that you sent me to school for 12 years to learn from who really drilled this into my head so at the time I was 18, I also had a very narrow worldview, I think, and I was really like right, wrong, black, white. Yeah. And I went to college at Emory in Atlanta, and I lived across the hall from a couple guys who really set me straight on some stuff, or at least I got my ass kicked in some debates. Uh, and that was sort of the beginning of like also realizing like, 
the world's a lot bigger than the bubble that I went to school in yeah. and what I was led to believe. And over time, I've gone, I've kind of transitioned from conservative to libertarian to progressive, although I don't particularly like labels anymore because I think that when people hear something, they automatically assume 10 or 20 things about you and what you believe in your personality and what you profess. And I think that that, that, that really bothers me, both on every yeah. side of the aisle. Um, even if you say you're like in the center or moderate or whatever, people immediately assume five, six, seven negative or positive things right, about yeah, you. Yeah. Um, and so in any case, now that I've gotten older, like I think the main thing that drives me is I think that America is great in a lot of ways. And as an American, I want it to be better. And so I generally always try to push for things to be better. Right. And I see that as progress, right? Progressive. Yeah, so, good. yeah. All right. So first topic, Trump or Biden? Oh my God! As our next president, in a I'm while. gonna let you take that one. First. Well, I took this one. I'm, I'm, I'm. So I, I held my nose and voted for Biden in 2020 because yeah. I, um, look, Trump appointed three justices whom, you know, repealed Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that in 2020, but that was going to happen. Yeah, but like, yeah. you kind of see it going yeah. towards that direction. He passed tax legislation that I thought was fairly regressive in terms of like who had benefited versus who who had benefited more. Um, you know, everybody got a tax break, but some people got higher tax breaks. Um, and he ran massive deficits, which like, you know, <laughs> that's something that you and I can probably agree on is that it doesn't really matter who's in, who's in power. Yeah. They're going to run trillion dollar deficits sure, every yeah, single yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really, there was like this anxiety with having Trump in office that I really had trouble living with because he was like such a loose cannon tweeting about how big his button was versus Kim Jong-un. Okay. But also the anxiety is huge. Through the roof with that guy. Okay, but how can it not be way more anxiety? Now, bro, we had zero new wars. We ended wars. There was not. There there was was no no wars. I so I think that that's what Trump should run on. I think that's a actually a really good platform for him to run on, and I think it's actually a really compelling argument. Now, here's the thing about Trump: is if Biden starts a war with Iran, for example, which I don't, I don't want. Nobody wants. I don't think. But if that ends up happening, well, Nikki Haley won't. Well, right here, right. Well, so so, so, the, so the thing about Trump that I find the thing about Trump that I really find troubling and that it's frustrating for me as someone who's like a logic, I think a logical observer of politics, yeah. is that if Biden starts a war with Iran, Trump will run on. We had peace in my time. I would have prevented a war. I'm the best negotiator in the world. Da, da, da. If Biden doesn't start a war with Iran, Trump runs on Biden is weak. Look at how weak he is. I would get in there and I would knock him out and da da da. What he he assassinated Soleimani in January 2020. I I remember that like it was yesterday because I was flying to the Middle East actually the next day when it was happening for business. Yeah, and I had to divert and change my plans because of it was absolute chaos. Iran saying they're going to bomb Dubai and you know in Bahrain and like you know it was he almost started like a huge war with Iran like out of nowhere and then COVID came down the pipe and kind of absolved him of that. So he's not the he's not a dove. But the thing about Trump that. I really find intolerable is that he'll take either position depending on what benefits him the most. And it makes him very unpredictable and not someone that I can, I can really respect or support from a political perspective. And with Biden, I at least feel like, and this is going to sound bad because it's really shitty actually in general, I feel like there's like a managerial aspect to his administration that is like the old guard, like same old, same old status quo, not necessarily serving the country in the best way, but it is predictable and there is like a value in predictable stagnation versus regression, which is what I worry about under Trump. Because a get predictable stagnation gives you the opportunity to move things forward in the future, but regression 
will it's just much harder to fix things that are broken versus things that are maintained. Got it. So that's kind of why I'll vote for Biden in 24. Okay. So I just have one follow-up question to that, which is pre-COVID, America was pretty much at peak economically. I mean, like one of the best, if not the best economies in the history of the world, right? So well, then real, you have- Real quick, what makes a great economy in your opinion? What are some of the key stats? Like cost of living down, people, good jobs, good pay, right? Like Unemployment. Unemployment, right? Being low, like, like you know what I'm saying? Like the average everyday American is going out there and looking at the, the future of the world and being very, very optimistic about where their future is headed, right? So economically, right? So how do you assume that- it, if Trump were to get in, that would not like he wouldn't be able to bring back economic because you seem to have a very different view that if he gets in, we're not going to get better economically. Um, I don't necessarily think that economics changes dramatically president the president in terms of like economic output, real GDP growth. I mean, under Biden, arguably, there is a lot of metrics that are better than under Trump. Unemployment's one example. It's actually lower now under Biden than under Trump. If you're talking about official U3 which is unemployment three statistic. Okay. Um, I think it's under 4% for like, the last would you, two years. Would you say the economy is better now under Biden right now versus Trump pre-COVID? Uh, I would say that with unemployment particularly, no, it is lower. It, in, in, in general. In general, uh, pre-COVID, no, but it is hard to judge in terms of comparing the job Biden is doing economically with the current economy three years after the pandemic recovery okay. versus 2016 through 2019, which is right. Pre COVID. Yeah. As the as well. unbiased moderator, I would say it's not an apples to apples. Okay, it's not apples right. to apples. Yeah. Perfect. And I will yeah, say yeah. too, yeah. a lot of people blame Biden for inflation, but Trump kind of started the money printer and then, well, Bush really to... started the money. Pr- you, well, man, right. you, man, okay. you look, you look at deficits for the last 20, 20 years. This is one. This used to be one of my big pet peeves: is deficit spending. Like I used to be when I was, you know, much more conservative, libertarian, yeah. and it still bothers me to some extent. But the, anyway, the so. right, right, it's <laughs> it's basically endless abuse of the petrodollar. Right? There's yeah. no, there's no real. I actually, I generally like to ask this question. I don't. Do you care about the debt or no? Do you care about the national debt? Well, I, if I can answer my question, yeah, bring Trump, it back. Think, Sorry, I yeah, think, yeah, no, yeah, I think yeah. I think it will answer that question. Yeah, right? sure. Yeah. Um, so Trump or Biden? Obviously Trump, but not, <laughs> but but not for the reasons that most people think, right? So I have a belief that we're doomed, right? Like America has, to, like, like we're so screwed, right? Like there is so much corruption. There, like nobody trusts anything. So like the system has to fall. So you're right? so that so you're more of an accelerationist. In that for regard, sure, for sure. In, in that regard, yes. See, I, see, I, and, and that's, I think, where I was going a second ago is that I'm not an accelerationist because of the suffering that, that, that comes with that. I believe that that's inevitable. And I believe that if you try to avoid that, that leads to communism, dictatorship, and complete freedom to, uh, being taken away, right? I am a, like, freedom over everything, freedom over safety. Do not tell me how to live my life. Do not tell me how I, I should be safe. Like, if there's a freaking war going on outside and there's a stay-at-home order, I'm like, I'm going to go outside just to violate that stay-at-home order. I don't care if I die type but, of deal, but right? The, but, like, I do not wear a mask. I do not take the vaccine. Like, <laughs> screw you and all of your, all of this. Like, don't tell me how to live my life, right? So, you're, yeah, I'm, by the way, I'm, 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 I am vaccinated, right. but like, but I have a very strong civil libertarian stance as well. Yeah. Like, I, and I'm not like, against, like, if you want to yeah. take the vaccine, I could care less. I'm yeah, like, yeah. just don't tell me I got to I'm a total, right? I'm a total civil, yeah. liber- civil libertarian, fiercely pro-civil liberties, right? Yeah. Um, it's actually one of the reasons I went down the progressive path. Uh, there's a, there was a really incredible article back in 2012 
Ron Paul versus Barack Obama titled Who's the Real Progressive, <laughs> um, written by a Colorado journalist actually named David Sirota, um, Bernie Sanders' 2020 speechwriter, who's actually become a good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, and it led me down this path of realizing I was a big Ron Paul fan. Mm. And I, re- I realized like, oh, progressives also stand for demilitarizing police and legalizing drugs and, you know, uh, uh, getting rid of America's large prison population and like creating a freer state and dismantling warrantless surveillance and that sort of thing. So that actually was a really interesting segue for me there. But um, to your point, you're saying that you're going to vote for Trump because you think he's going to make things worse? No, no. Yeah. So I I believe that whoever's in power doesn't matter, right? We're, We're crashing, right? At some point in the future. For sure. And I and I don't think I don't think that we can. I think mean, it's like a kind of a historical inevitability. Yeah, I mean, exactly yeah, right. Sure. And I think that so when it comes to the debt conversation, right? I think the faster we print and the more we spend, the faster we speed up this process, right? So I'm just taking. Hold on, I'm hold I'm, on. I'm, 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 smi- I'm laughing because like I feel like that's like a, a, a Ben Shapiro straw man liberal like thing. Like print more and you no, know, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, but, so, but hold yeah. on, I'm not advocating for it. Yeah. I'm saying it's inevitable, okay, right? Yeah. So I'm taking this perspective of I'm like I'm a big huge believer in Bitcoin, like huge believer, right? Um, in that, because I'm like, cool, that's real money, right? This is all fake. This is all debt. It's all, all fake money, right? So my view of Trump versus the alternative of, of, you know, like I would prefer Vivek. Like that was my, that was my pick, right? Mm. I'm like, get rid of 75% of the, close the FBI, get rid of the CIA, close 75% of the government. Let's go, right? Like, absolutely. Um, but for me with Trump, I look at it and I go, okay, the current administration right now, clearly Joe Biden can't string two freaking sentences together. He's n- clearly not the one running, right? I mean, dude, right. Trump, Trump just lambasted Nikki Haley for like 10 minutes about how she bungled January 6th and how he offered security for January 6th to Nikki Haley. He met Nancy Pelosi the okay, whole time. But, but dude, like so, but Trump is clearly- I think both these guys are, are losing their you, minds. I think- you, bo- But you, can't lo- you cannot look at the two of them and go, Trump is in worse shape than Biden. Dude, right. when Trump talks, the- la- No, no, no. No, I'm Bro. not- No, no, no. From an age- when Trump talks, the language center in my brain breaks down because he does. Uh, Trump dra- derangement syndrome? No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, I hear like there's like a language center in my brain. I become a worse English speaker well, as I listen to Trump try to express of course, himself because he's not talking to intellectuals. He's not talking to smart he's, people. He's, he's not. He's yeah. And he's talking to the average person. Third grade level, bro. Yeah. That's the vote you got to get, right? Do you so, think he's doing that purposely? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure, dude. A hundred percent. You know, the average American reads at a fifth grade level. I understand. No, no, that, that, trust me, I understand that. So to communicate to the average person, you have to speak uh, at a fifth grade level. But I guess that's like, it feels convenient that that's what he's strategically doing in your mind instead of just being ineloquent and being a bad No, because when you, when I, when you heard him on The Apprentice and things that he did in the past when he was getting interviewed. He's almost 80 now. Yeah, but I don't think that your vocabulary deteriorates as you get older. Oh man, like, I guess I guess some older relatives. Like I think, I, I, okay, like disagree. Uh, I am. I do not have a moral argument for Trump as a human being. Right? Like there, there is not. It's I, a hard. It's a hard sentence to say. A about hard your sentence. Like candidate. all these yeah. Christians that are like, you know, God is with Trump, and he. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? It's like, intense. In no way does can you be like Jesus Christ picked Trump or annoy. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right? I know people who it, believe that. Like, I know. Genuinely. And it's insane. Right. And this is coming from someone who is both a like dedicate my life to Jesus and also vote for Trump. It's interesting like, that you're in both those separate, Venn diagrams, right? but you're not in the, but you're not in the middle of the two Venn I'm diagrams. I'm definitely not. Right? That's funny. Yeah. Because so my, my thing is, is I go, okay, what like the current administration is, is and everything that we're seeing, it's, it's crazy open borders. Like, like, 
people pouring in. It's civil liberties being what? taken away. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Like civil liberties being taken away. It's, it's, it's vaccine mandates being forced down your throat. It's like all of the things that like are leading to, to socialism and communism, like, like that, like dictatorship level, like overtake, like that's where you're going, the path that you're going down. And I go, okay. So if America crashes under that regime, we're super screwed, right? So that's not a good thing. And then I look at Trump and I go, okay, well, like super good economics. Like that's a big driver of things. We want things to be economically good. He is much more pro freedom and like governed much more conservatively than I think a lot of people thought he was going to. He represents and allows for a lot of uh, values. And I think if you actually listen to Trump and look at, you know, what he did, like look at the policies that he did for black people and like, and, and people uh, and minorities and like things like that when it comes to like crime and letting people out of jail. Like, I think he is a, a pretty conservative type of person on a lot of his legislation. Terrible human being for sure. I can, we can get behind that. Cool. But like what he did or, or what he stands for and what he represents is good. So I go, cool, let's put him, I'm, I'm behind Trump because I'm like, the establishment hates him. Uh, clearly, they are throwing everything in the world at him to try to stop him from running. And that's a sign because we don't like the establishment. So we're gonna throw a hand grenade to the system. We're gonna put Trump in there where he's gonna blow the whole thing up. He's gonna make us good economically. They're gonna print money regardless. And when it all falls down, we're gonna be in a better spot. It's just, if I wanted to rearrange my office, I wouldn't flip my desk. That's the thing. I keep, the, I keep hearing like throw a hand grenade, overturn the apple cart, like, I understand that that's like a real desire, but... No, I don't think it's a desire. I would rather it not happen. But I, I just, I genuinely don't believe that, it, like, I, there's no future I look at Trump or Biden or whoever where I go, yeah, this, this is sustainable. Well, I would, also right? I would also challenge your perception of events in a way, because a second ago, you seemed surprised that unemployment was lower under Biden than it was under Trump. But, but bro, you're, you're, you're trying to judge unemployment first off off of numbers that... My goodness, who knows what's real? It's, but, it's, it's, but like, it's, no, you can you can look at U three versus U six, but and, like you're coming pre COVID, post COVID, and like that would be like being like Biden created more jobs than any other president. I'm like, okay, well, if you lay <laughs> off all, probably stick them in their homes, yeah, pay them but, to not work, and then be like, kidding, come back to work. Of course, there's going to be that, right? But I I didn't say that particularly. I said I'm I'm just saying that the Bureau of Labor Statistics reports U one through U six unemployment mm -hmm. one versus unemployment six. Explain the difference. Between so those so those like U three is the official uh, measure of unemployment and has been for since the Great Depression, mm -hmm. and basically it includes people who are not currently employed who are looking for work who are over 16, who are not partially employed. Yeah. And so We're not people who've given up. Right. On looking that, for now jobs. that's, that's U six. Mm -hmm. So U six is people who are no longer engaged in the labor force, who are not applying, who are not looking, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And both, and I'm actually surprised by this because I always anchor on U six. I don't give a shit about U three. I think U three is U three is what I learned in elementary. U three is what everybody yeah. learns. It's a manipulated statistic and it has been forever. Perfect. Every presidential administration in a long time, but U six usually hovers in the teens mm -hmm. Right now, it's in like the nine eight point five percent range, like nine percent yeah. range, well, why which, which, six, is, which is super low, super low com compared to. It means that, so. There's there's different things you can argue about that in terms of like people aren't employed in the right jobs. They're not employed in the best paying jobs. I was totally. going to say that though. Like if you those can't are, afford to all, pay groceries even with a job, who cares? Those are all excellent things to say. Yeah. I'm just saying that in terms of like you know, measuring things like unemployment, the S&P just hit another all-time high. There, <laughs> it's fake money. Yeah, like it's so great. <laughs> look, man. Dude, you, look, I you, love dude, it, man. Dude, like, you, can, you can, but the, right now we're in, a, we're in a period of quantitative tightening. So it's still hitting all-time all high without QE. So you can, you can, you can print money in QE. Yeah, you can print point. money in QE all the way to all-time highs like Trump did. Mm. He, he had expansionary fiscal policy and expansionary mm. monetary policy simultaneously during yeah. his administration. And you're going to hit all-time highs on every index. Mm. Biden is doing it 
is doing it. Again, I don't love Biden. I'm not trying to make a hard case for him. I'm saying that he's doing it during a period of quantitative tightening, which is arguably more impressive that the economy is this hot in many metrics while interest rates have been raised by several points in the last couple of years very rapidly. Yeah. So so all yeah. like cap as someone who runs a business, you guys yeah. run businesses too. Yeah. Capital's gotten way more expensive. Super expensive. Yeah. It's it's not freely available anymore. Everybody's had to tighten their belts. People are forced to run better businesses. Um I, I also on the side I run a resume reviewing resume review service. It's like <laughs> I published something on Reddit five or six years ago, very popular resume advice, been downloaded two million times, and I do uh, resume reviews. And I'm seeing huge amounts of layoffs, people emailing me all the time, I just got laid off, just got laid off. So qualitatively, I'm also seeing a lot of pain out there too. So I'm not trying to make the argument that things are great right now or like Mm -hmm. as good as they could be. I'm simply saying that I don't think that if Trump had been in office post-COVID, and had gone up against the same recovery effort that Biden's gone up against, that things would be fundamentally different than where they are right now. And honestly, right now, but do you think? Yeah. Would, do you, so let's pretend the country was the same. Do you think the war in Ukraine would have happened? War in Ukraine would have happened. Do you think the um, invasion and everything that's going on in Hamas? These are, these are, are huge happened? questions. That right. I, like, do you think, I, wait, I, we'll, we'll huge questions. Sorry, just broadly speaking, yes or no? Do you think that Trump would have handled like those things would have happened under Trump? Just yes or no? Yes, but yes, okay. because that's I think cool. I think that I think that particularly both of those two issues have been brewing for a very long time. Okay. Um, yeah. there's that, a, that's fine. We don't need yeah. to fight. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. To summarize, just so I make sure I'm understanding you correctly. I, I'm looking at the, the world and the state of the United States today and the crazy debt and all the chaos of it all. And I'm saying, I don't see there's any way we come out of this without a system collapse. And so I'm putting my man in, which is Trump. And you're saying, hey, I don't think that's going to happen. Right. You think there is a way out. And yes. so you think Biden's a better candidate. I'm, I'm looking for someone. I think that you Perfect. hit the nail on the head. Perfect. I'm yeah. looking for someone that I can believe in to make things better. Yep. And I'm happy to bide my time waiting for that. Okay. And there are people on the left who disagree with me yeah. who are going to vote for Trump this election yeah. because they want things to get worse and rapidly. Yeah. No, I just want to, pro- I, I just want to protect, I want to protect free speech. I want to protect same liberties. Same. Well, you, I, I can't, can't, can't imagine you vote for Biden. Well, and assume that you're well, protecting free speech, bro. Well, like they're actively set, bro. Look at the people at January 6th. They're literally putting them in jail for life over something that was the, the tapes. The police officers are letting them freaking in. There's FBI informants in the building, right? Like, okay, January 6th shouldn't have happened, but we're acting what did Nancy Pelosi say or whoever it was? It was like the next 9-11. I mean, like, are, are you effing kidding me? Dude, look, man, like, I, I, I drove to join the 2013 Edward Snowden protest under Barack Obama. I'm a, I'm a massive. You can't, say that, you can't say that Joe Biden is good for free speech and good for American personal liberties. I think that. How could you possibly I think that, that he's better. I think he's better than conservatives in power. Conservatives tend to limit speech more than Democrats, progressives, liberals. And, and there's, there's, I think there, there's demonstrable things to point to in terms of like, you know, I, I'm from South Florida, right? And we have a governor who is actively going after private corporation for the speech that corporation has chosen to freely engage in. Like we, we, he's gone, he's has administers like government officials who administer public libraries in Florida. I'm talking about Ron DeSantis, uh, obviously course, yeah. he, 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 he hires yeah. people to approve or disapprove books in public school libraries mm-hmm. based on what he and his administration think is acceptable speech in schools. Mm-hmm. And he, and he's limited, you know, people's artistic expression in terms of drag shows. And I'm sure we could talk about that. Yeah. Well, actually, I want, all these different I'll let you yeah. do that. Cause I would love to bring in the moral argument for this because 
Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but no, but but these are but those are all limiting civil liberties to me. I mean, those are freedom of expression issues, and so these are you know. Yeah. 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 Let's move on to the next topic. I want to talk about the borders because it's something. There's a lot of issues that you don't really see, uh, you know, in first person. Yeah. But uh, with the borders lately, especially. You probably haven't seen it too much because you live up here. Yeah. But in Denver now, on every corner, there's refugees trying to like wash your car while you're out of light. Outside of the gas station closest to my house, there's a ton of of them camped out. Um, Collins had interactions with a bunch of them, helped a bunch of them out. I've had interactions with some of them as well. So what do you guys think is, uh, one, what's going on with the borders and two, what's the, what's the solution? Full full disclosure before you get involved, I'm, I become good buddies with some of these guys, these Venezuelan migrants that have gotten here. So I just want to give you that context because JR has that context. So like, I don't want you to, to go in like, like, and be like, I, I I just didn't I didn't want you to not have that context. Yeah, no, uh, so yeah, I, yeah. so I've actually I literally today picked up a guy off the corner of the street that I'm friends with. Yeah, took him to a Walmart and helped him purchase a electric scooter so he can get to and from the Planet Fitness that he's yeah. now a Amazing. member at. And he got That's here like so, a month ago, right? So cool. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm curious as to your position yeah. on the on the border crisis, yep. yada yada, so on and so forth. Yep. So um, I I think. This issue and the issue of uh, social issues in general has probably been my biggest shift when it, from, say, 2020, uh, am I being there to, to currently. And because of that, I, 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 can, think, I can I ask how so it's been your biggest well, shift? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So um, the whole concept of just you know, black and white type of deal, which is between the 2020 and 2024 I, is when I really recommended my life back to Christ and like was like, okay. Like it's not America first, it's Christ first, right? And it's it's what you know what he wants for my life. And it used to just be America. I'm an American. Here we go, American entrepreneur. Here we are, right? So when I look at things like, well, just take the border crisis because that was the question. I don't think that I, I can't look at it with with one lens. I think that there are there are two ways that I have to look at it. And first is I have to go okay from a country perspective, from a legal perspective, right? Like how do we need to operate? And then. The second perspective is how am I as a human, me personally, how am I supposed to be involved and how am I supposed to approach this, right? So I'll take it first legally from the perspective of, first off, I've never been out on the border. So anything that I say here, probably don't listen to because- Borders are starting to come to us in one bus at a time. There you go, right? Yeah, what do you see? So I will say this, a country cannot function without borders, right? You have to have an understanding, like there has to be like- a way for you to know who's coming in and out. And, and like, I'm, I'm all for path to legal, legal citizenship. I think it should be crazily accelerated, right? Like we need to have way more resources. hundred percent agreement. I'm, I'm incredible. Like I'm incredibly pro border. Like let's secure the border, but that doesn't mean let's turn people away that are in desperate need of help. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think we need a border and I think we need to stop illegal immigration in undocumented, just pour, things pouring over. I mean, you see some of the videos, you watch Elon go down there. It's insanity, right? Absolute insanity. And it absolutely needs to stop. I, I do believe, I don't want to go into this until I get to the next piece. I do believe it is very intentional. I believe it's by the Biden administration, probably not Biden, but I do believe they're definitely bringing in illegal voters, right? Like I'm, I think they're going to bring, they're going to prove, and that's how they're going to rig the election to get whoever they want in there, right? hundred percent. Can you, can you describe yeah. the steps of that process and how that would work super simple you bring in a bunch of people then you don't require voter id to vote and then you tell all those people vote for this person or we do or you're gonna or you're gonna be deported so the steps are you recruit millions of people from other countries 
I'll just let them in. Yeah. To leave their hometowns and their families. No, they're no, just the people that are coming over. Well, no, 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 but the, but people that are coming. Okay, so you go. So people who have desperately left their families and their hometowns. Yes. Then they're at the border, yep. and then you recruit them into. Oh, no, you just open the border and say, "Come in, come in, come in." How, how do you no how do you guarantee no. that they vote for you, and also how do you accelerate their voting, and how do you make them vote? How I would do you, say how do you make how do you make them risk deportation by going to a voting center? That. You just tell them that, right? I would say growing yeah. up in a Hispanic household, yeah, uh, the majority of Hispanics are definitely very liberal, but I do agree that it's. I mean, my family didn't vote ever. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. I agree. The mechanism. It's a hard. It's a hard thing, especially like these people I mean, are well, living you, you on have, the streets. You have, literal, you have literal Democrat sitting. Was it a senator or a congresswoman who said, "I need a bunch of illegals in here so we can rezone the voting boundaries so uh, how we want them"? I mean, this is on video. You can look it up, right? Like in her district, like on camera to the whole world, right? So I, 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 wanna, I mean, I don't. I don't. But, know. But I don't, don't want to dwell. I don't want to dwell on that because that's not. That doesn't. Well, I, I just want to. I kind of think it's important because on, we, yeah. we, I promise we can come back to it if we want to. Okay. Let me. I just want to finish the other side of it, right? So. I very, very much am. We need to secure borders and we should have a path to citizenship, but like we can't just let people come into the country. Do you think the liberal incentive is to gain more voters in the United States? And that's why no, the borders think, are open. No, I think the current administration's incentive. I don't think liberals so want that. I need, I, I mean, this with, I mean yeah. this with complete respect for you. I, I don't know you yeah. very well. And also, you haven't met these guys. So it's, so it's yeah. fine if you don't know this. Yeah. But Venezuela. Venezuelans are not liberal, <laughs> nor okay, are, but, nor are, nor but, are Cubans, okay. nor, nor, yeah. nor are many people from South America they're for, for numerous reasons. Yeah. And now there are over 1 million Venezuelan refugees in Florida. And there, and there are, and the people that I'm working with in Denver are Venezuelan refugees yeah. as well. Um, they are extremely anti anything they perceive as socialist because of what Hugo Chavez did to their country. Mm. And they are also extremely religious. Mm. And those two things in coordination, in my opinion, yeah. actually create conservative voters. Mm. And so I think that you will be surprised as time goes on that the trends of people who come into this country, become citizens and vote is actually going to lean more conservative than it is liberal. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's the perception. I mean, unless, unless you, the only media that they would see would be nonstop 24-7 uh, taken out of context clips of Donald Trump that he's a dictator that wants to deport them all. So again, right? I, I, like, I, again, I mean, I mean yeah. this with, I mean this with respect. They don't, these people don't speak English. They listen to Spanish radio mm -hmm. and they listen, they, they're, they're desperate for people speaking in their own language. And in fact, most Spanish radio stations are actually extremely conservative. You can turn them on and listen to what they're mm -hmm. saying. So a lot of the media they're seeing is actually entrenched conservative Spanish radio stations yeah. versus you know, watching the news in English or turn the, a lot of these guys also, man, they, they, a lot of these people are living 12 to an apartment, which is by the way, like some of these landlords are, are scamming these people, taking advantage of hundred percent. It's a really tough but, situation. And I want to address that, that right there. Right. Yeah. So I believe we need to secure the border. I need, I believe we have to have documentation and like, I, like it's a problem. And I do believe that there does need to be some form of I don't know if deportation is the right word, but like all of, of the people that are in here currently that are here illegally that are undocumented, something has to be done with them to like document them right now, whether that's deportation and bring them back, come in legally, or if that's just, you know, give them a path to citizenship, but like, we got to be able to document. We have to, so, have to so, hold on, hold on, yeah, hold on, totally agree. Hold on, totally hold on, agree. Yeah. Now that's my, as a libertarian looking at a functioning government perspective to it, I'm like, yo, put up the border, get like, get, we got to have a country. Now there is Josh as a Christian and as a follower of Christ. 
which is we are all one, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't care who you are, or where you come from, we are supposed to love humans as humans, right? So I very much look at- Specifically the center, the, you know, feed, feed the hungry. 100%, well, yeah, right? Sure. Like, you know, my wife and I love the, the series, The Chosen. Like we're going through the Bible study with it all. And like, you look at what Jesus said about helping those that are, you know, needy and afflicted and the hungry or whatever. And I think- conservatives and i think i'm gonna call christians out specifically like people that are that that, you know follow christ like we suck at it like we suck at it like so bad we we look at he said it not me we we look at it we go like (laughs) go back to your own country or like you know get out of here it's not my problem right and it's like okay jesus said whatever you do to the least of these you do also to me yeah absolutely so i think from a a legal perspective right like i'm going to be very conservative on the thing i'm going to be able to put up the border we need documentation because like you're a business owner i'm a business like we need we need order right like we need holy crap now as a personal thing uh my wife and i also do similar things of what you were talking about there food banks right? and that sort of right? yeah, and, sure, and I love donations that. Yeah. specifically love and that. and sponsoring you know people and certain things my, our church i mean like like uh in december i go to a, a fairly big church but like it's per, he's pretty about saying what I like Christians, we suck, right? We raised, I think it was like $2.8 million, right? For it. Right. And like awesome. are directly involved in like the women's centers and like things in Denver and downtown and like, like really, really involved. Right. And so I think we as Christians need to do me. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. We need to do a lot, lot more. And so I think that from that perspective, I go support what you need to support in the government to make the problem stop. Also, Christians, people that, if we actually say this, we can't look to the government to be the solution to actually fix the problem here. Like we need to actually step up. And, so and then maybe a it. difficult question, because I, yeah. I actually agree with a lot of what you said. So yeah. then a difficult question, do you square that at all with like women and children dying and drowning in the Rio Grande because they get caught up in the barbed wire that Texas has put in that river? And like, mm-hmm. do you, like, do you, because that doesn't seem Christ-like, right? Yeah. That's not Christ-like. But, but also, but, but like that's, that's government, right? Yeah. So like I look at the government and I'm like, do I... Do I expect morality from my leaders? No, I don't expect morality from Biden. I don't expect morality from Trump. I don't expect morality from the Republicans or the Democrats. But I guess, I guess right? I'm more asking a personal question. Like, does it does it revolt you as much as it does me that like the chosen solution to this is murdering people as they try to come into the country, like extrajudicially, without trial, without detention, without any like their their crime is trying to come here, which is arguably a crime. Like if they're not doing it yeah. right. But they're being murdered, like, but like, but getting caught in barbed wire in the Rio well, Grande I wouldn't and say drowning. That's, that's murder necessarily if they're getting caught in barbed wire. I'm well, very much against you, the lining up of people I, and shooting them. If that's what you're asking, I but, well, I think yeah. I think that if you set if you're the person who sets up the barbed wire and in a river, but that it, you're you're creating that you're creating a very strong you possibility massive, you're going to kill somebody. Problem and there's going to be pain no matter what you do. And I think that it needs to be solved as fast as humanly possible. Does it? Re- yeah. I guess I'm just asking. Like, does it like revolt you? Like that? Like that? That people? I like- mean, it is. It revolt. I don't know if revolt is the right word. It's very sad and disturbing to me that people are dying. Also, I think the problem needs to be fixed. And then the longer that it goes on, more and more people are going to die. So if a if a few people die in the short term to prevent like lots and lots of people dying over uh, over a long period of time i'm like i i, I guess I guess that's for them to decide. Like, I, I don't, I don't know because I don't have enough context on what those decisions are being made. Well, I can, and I can but, hear, the, I can hear the conflict in your voice yeah. because I can, and I can empathize with being, you know, fervently pro individual rights. And then you have this other issue where you're thinking about the common good. Like, I under, I understand that you're like, you know, trying to not to not quibble over like what you actually believe on this. But yeah. for, from my perspective, there's really three things with immigration that are very important. Like one is, is 
disincentivizing people from coming here, but maybe not in the way that conservatives want to. And I hear a lot of rhetoric about, you know, punishing these people, turning them back, build a wall. People want to shoot these people. Like, why, like, why is the wall saying, bad? Well, like, well I, I can potentially get into that yeah, yeah. in a little bit. But my, but I'm saying when I say disincentivize, I mean don't create the situations that lead to mass migration. Mm. And the U.S. is very guilty of this. I mean, our, the war on drugs is a great example, right? Mm. We we have the war on drugs since the early '70s. We have 50 years, half a century of this massive black market um, yeah. for drugs. And, and sex trafficking, create, and, and, it, and it yeah. creates these huge, huge profits for these cartels yeah. that wind up uh, controlling large parts of the Mexican government, Mexican geography, um, and causing huge violence in towns that are you know close enough for people to emigrate to the United States from. Yeah. And from what I gather, when I talk to people who have come here desperately as refugees, no one wants to leave their home. I mean, these people that they left their parents, some of them have left their children. Yeah. It's a completely like hopeless situation. The guys in particular that I'm working with um, and that I'm friends with now uh, had to walk over three months over nine countries to get here. Mm. Um, and that is like incredible determination to improve one's life and improve one's lot. And so when I say disincentivize, I mean, create better conditions for folks in South America in Mexico and other countries around the world um, and you know, I mean, America is extremely guilty of overthrowing democratic governments over the oh, 20th century. Dude, and America's so corrupt. These are ridiculous. huge, these are huge, large systemic problems. But but like your the administration that you're voting for has given them the biggest incentive ever to try to come here, which is wide open border. Anybody come? Like that's directly that is that is no no that is the direct policy. There's like a of the there's Biden like a meme. There's like a meme of Kamala Harris saying, "Do not come." Okay, do not but, come. But, and then Trump says, I'm going to come. No, hold on, it's hold hilarious. On. But, but, it's hilarious. But, but hold on. But like the, the, Texas, the uh, Texas tried to secure the border and the U.S. government, the administration sued them because they tried to shut down and close the border. But like, they're, try, they're trying to do it with barbed wire in a river that is killing people. And, and that, that's, that's what the Biden administration is, yeah. is taking objection to. No, but like, which is, no, no, they're actively leaving it open. They are literally welcoming people in. They have done, ab like the Biden administration has not done a single thing to try to close down the border and make a path for people to come in, in legally. Who do you think deported more people when they were in office per year? Uh, Donald Trump or Barack Obama? I'm curious. I, I, I mean, I, I think it's Barack Obama. He deported it? more people yeah. per year than any other president. Yeah, ever. for sure. That's and right. actually, he actually put kids in with cages, with with, right? Bi with Biden as his VP, right? Yeah. And Biden, I, I'm not sure of the current numbers from 2023, mm -hmm. but I believe in 2021, 2022, he actually also broke any of mm -hmm. Trump's single season single season records, like a baseball player, yeah. like sing, single year records for, for deportation. So when I hear that the borders are open, when I hear that they're just welcoming people in, it doesn't jive with the, with the reality numbers. I think that there are more people coming here than ever because there yeah, are, there are more. You don't believe there's a wide open border? No, anymore? I don't know. There, no, there's not a wide open border. There, there, it's, well, there, I mean, there, I've seen, I've bro, seen videos where there's no, 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 a bunch no, no, of there, refugees. There are, there are sections of the border that are, that are, passable that are crossable we should go in that person don't, that like, don't we literally should go in person. no, no i've like, said the three of us should fly i'm down. not like, it, yeah. you know how many miles the border is like it's like thousands thousands of miles with mexico I, i'm not saying that the whole thing is open or the whole thing is closed i'm just saying that in terms of like the welcoming atmosphere you're describing i've seen on joe rogan him being like immigrants get free stuff and like free like in stuff Cali like that in california if you are an illegal immigrant if you came to the country illegally you now have health care for free for 
is that for, so first off, I'm not sure. I don't know if that's true, but for how long, what type of healthcare? What does it matter? The people that live in California that are citizens of the country that, that pay taxes that are involved, they don't have healthcare, right? Like they're not. Well, they for, well first off, I believe everybody should have healthcare. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, you're, but a, but my a, point is, is that you're, you're, you're a, acting a, like the border is not open and it like, dude, there's, there's thousands of videos. But, like, I th- of, um, like, but what I'm saying is like, it. Go but, look at Elon Musk's page. You can probably pull it up. You, you can, you can yeah. pull up deportations by year. And I think but, you will find. I think you will that's find. Not, that's not the question, though. It's it's is, is there an open border? And you're you're saying that you're saying that there's not an open border. How can you have an open border if deportations under Biden are higher than under Trump per year? And deportation. That's like saying well, how could it says you- according to ABC, California will welcome the new year by becoming the first state to offer health insurance for all undocumented immigrants starting January first. All undocumented immigrant immigrants, regardless of age, will qualify for MediCal. California's version of federal Medicaid program for people with low incomes. Previously, undocumented immigrants were not qualified to receive comprehensive health insurance, but were allowed were allowed to receive emergency and pregnancy related services under Medi-Cal. So you're talking about like creating economic conditions or incentives for people to come like now the the Democrats and I hate like Democrats, Republicans, like they all suck. Right? Like the, the people that run California who are aligned with the current administration, if you will, right? It, however, we want—they're literally giving away free healthcare. But now. I can't. Okay, but I, I but I can't. I can't. Okay, so so yeah. first off, Google how many Americans are on Medicaid, okay, and then how many Americans are on Medicare. There is there is there is about fifty percent of this country. Dude, this way, like six, sorry, sorry. There, there, there's a, there's yeah, about yeah. there's about fifty percent of this yeah. country. That's already on government-provided health care. 88 million individuals were enrolled in Medicaid and CHIP in all 50 states. The District of Columbia reported enrollment That's data for September 30% of all Americans are on Medicaid. Okay, okay it's a massive program. Medi- yeah. Medicare is, I think, another 70 million, I think. I think it's like 150 million total on Medicaid. 58 million, 58 million on million. Medicare as of 2020. So 150 million combined yeah. Americans are on Medicare and Medicaid. Socialized yeah. health care, if yeah. you will. And so these programs already exist. And so, and this is what I kind of dislike a little bit about political conversation in the mainstream is that it's illegal immigrants are getting healthcare, AKA that is bad. And this is encouraging them to come here and so on and so forth. When the reality, the question in the debate is, is it cheaper for the state of California to have these people have access to an existing program that by the numbers, probably 15 million Californians are already using and then keep them out of emergency rooms, you know, keep things out of. Cl- is it the, the, or these are these are close the border? But like, but but again, I guess that, to answer that question. But there, but, the, the question, but this like, is do you believe in the border should be closed? No, no, no. no but but real quick, just to put a pin in this yeah. point, there are what twelve or thirteen million people that are already here illegally, undocumented. So you could just close the border, although it seems to be an impossible task, considering Trump had half a decade to do it and didn't do it, and so he so. You could just close the border, or other other countries yeah. don't don't have the problem to the scale. Well, they also we don't do. have a multi thousand mile border with a country that is then linked to dozens of other countries. So you that don't we, support we, closing we, the border, is what you're saying? Do I support closing the border? As a former libertarian, I would say that closed borders keep people in as well as they keep people out. So I do not support a militarized closed border because I do not want a fascist government in the United States that will I mean, not let always go to the me north. leave. No, but I'm... Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but like, do you support... Like do I, do I, do I support a strong... Yes. Mass amount of undocumented people, documented people coming in with a path and, and replacing it with a closed border that has a path to legal citizenship. I, I would support that system. 
I do not think that that system is any system that is on the table. But that's literally what Trump has said that he will do. But he had four years in a Republican-led Congress to do it and did not. Okay. So I don't believe him. Okay. And I, do, and, and I don't believe any of these guys mm-hmm. when they say that they're going to do something that ostentatious and they've had the time in the past to actually do it. Mm-hmm. So, like, like Kamala Harris getting rid of like you know crime and stuff for her whole life and— Joe Biden, like saying, like he was going to make an impact and being his entire career in politics. Right? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah, dude, you're, yeah. you're you're talking to a Bernie guy. I didn't, I didn't oh, vote for Joe Biden. I didn't, I didn't vote for Joe Biden. Like, 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 I vote for Joe Biden in the general, but I didn't vote for him in the primary. Yeah, like, yeah. I, like, I don't. These career politicians, incredibly corrupt. And anyway, the point to be made about the Medicaid piece yeah. is that. I'm assuming that people in California and politicians in California, which, by the way, states' rights, California can do what it wants and can pass Medicaid extension to the people in California that are undocumented if they want. That's their right as Californians in a a sovereign state. Mm -hmm. And they probably had a long debate and a vote about whether or not it made sense and was less expensive or more expensive, more efficient or less efficient, more humane or less humane to give the people that are already there yeah. access to the Medicaid program that already exists. Perfect. And I, but I think that that's that, topic. But yeah, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I get but, it. I get but, it. You get it. You get it. It's not, it's not black and white. Yeah. 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 So essentially to wrap up your point though, um, what would be the plan to secure the border? Well, again, that's a question that I think is way above any, the three of us pay grade, but I think that you would want, um, a, border with entrance zones and then broadly speaking no no other entrance zones along that border if it's logistically and financially feasible to build a multi-thousand mile border mm. i don't know if it is mm. um but ideally at the same time you would undertake policies that would cut illegal immigration off at the source which is instability in these countries that is actually causing people. To yeah, move. but that to me that's just an incredibly difficult task. Well, like, Biden is harder re- Biden, than building. Biden a wall. is rescheduling cannabis to Schedule Two. He's in, actively in the process of doing that, and that's you're, go- trying, you're talking about creating peace and economic prosperity yeah. in other countries. That's yeah, not America. We've never job. been good at that. No, we we, 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 we no we, we really people, we, we bomb people <laughs> and assassinate their leaders in the name of democracy. Right? Yeah, like, not, yeah, nine eleven, nineteen seventy. Two yeah, or three dude, Bush, in Chile, Obama, yeah. all of them. Like, yeah, we all, they all, we all suck. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah sure. We do. We that's like our yeah. our but demo. That, that right there, my point is, is that will go on forever. It will go on forever as long as the government has the petrodollar. Do you? Right? I'm, I am, so as I am, soon as the system yeah, falls, I know it's going to be a nightmare. Like if you want, I know. if you want, if you want actual humanitarian things to happen, if you want you know, people to stop dying around the world, like get rid of the US dollars dominance to where we can just print and print and print and print because all we do is we just print to fund wars. And we, if we need more money, we just start another war. We kill a bunch yeah, of people. Yeah, but history shows that yeah. whoever is the reserve currency does that. 100%, unless no one's the reserve So I'd rather it be us. There is Bitcoin because now Bitcoin becomes- <laughs> As an American, currency. I'd also rather be, I'd also rather it be us. Um, but but yeah, no, we in, in, in my yeah, opinion, in my so. opinion, we've done fuck all with the petrodollar, which really bothers me. Like, 100%, we, we but ba- I'm just like, hurry we've, it up. We've made, we've made a lot of things blow up and yeah. we've killed a lot of people. And sure. I think it's been- a disastrous use of 50 years of endless trillions and yeah. trillions of dollars of free money. We could have done free healthcare 20, 000, 20 times over. We could have done uh, free college. It only cost $80 billion a year. I mean, that's a drop in well, the I bucket. Mean, I think college is the biggest game in the world. So. Well, yeah. well, it, it is when it's, it is when it's uh, education that costs money and that puts people into debt. I think education should be free. I think in a society— Oh, it is. Yeah, and, All education is free. It's called YouTube and Google. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm dead serious, though. Like, I've made millions of dollars— off of information that I learned 
free on the internet. No, I, I'm, like, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing so, yeah. that there's a wonderful opportunity of education out there on the internet. But I, I think in a, as a society, the best long term actually economic investment you can make is education. And many, almost yeah. every econo- uh, economist. I mean, I would agree with, with that. that. And every every, but every economist is not the way to do that. that. Education is very different than college. Well, co- college is a form of education, as is trade. School, I think for the average school. person, it has to be like an institutional education. Like yeah. the average person is not going to go on YouTube and learn how to do calculus. I, I, I want to live in a society with very strong and free institutional yeah. education, and I think it will make society. I mean, I don't think it will make society stronger over time. It's proven that education, the greater, like, do you know when high school was made free in the United States? I don't. 1965. Yeah, I was homeschooled. I didn't even go to high school. Super, re- but I think <laughs> yeah, people yeah. forget about this. People don't know that high school was not federally funded until 1965, Crazy. until a progressive Lyndon B. Johnson made it mandatory yeah. that all states provide free high school. Yeah. And that was like 58 years ago. Yeah. Like this is like very recent memory. Are right? you religious at all? No. Uh, religion implies a lot that no, I'm not religious. Okay. Do you, but but do, I, but you do believe I believe in in a an intelligent God? I mean. You're asking me if I believe in a being outside of space and time that's beyond my comprehension that controls yeah. things. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's equally as plausible as any other explanation of reality. No, no, I think I think I actually actually <laughs> no. I've had experiences. Yeah. I've had experiences. I think this is kind of interesting, actually, because experience meaning like you tripped balls and went into outer space. Yeah, no, I yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's it's a uh, it's actually something that stayed with me yeah. um, and. You know, mind like I'm a Jesus loving person that likes to smoke weed and is pro psychedelics. All right, so like I'm really weird. You ever done? It. You ever done like a heroic uh, dose of psilocybin? Uh, and not not that much, but so but yeah. So um, you know, you you see things that stick with you, yeah. and you understand things with clarity, like yeah. absolute clarity. Mm. And in that moments of clarity, which I wish there was a word in French for. Well, like, wait, hold on. Do you believe in absolute truth? Uh, no. Then no. how could you have absolute clarity? Well, that's a great that's a great question. Yeah. And in fact, I was about to say, I wish there was a word in French for when you knew something, you know what you knew, but you no longer know it. Uh, that's how I feel. That's how I feel yeah. about the things that I knew, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, look, I think that these are like incredibly awesome and fun questions about the nature of reality. I'd love to actually have a trip with you guys and yeah, talk I about mean, it. I'm, I mean, but, but, but like point is, is that um, I don't believe in like a benevolent, omniscient, yeah. omnipresent yeah creator i actually kind of think i'm i'm like at this point in my life i'm pretty sure this is a created space Hmm. like reality is a created space our reality but i don't believe in like a benevolent omniscient on the present creator yeah no you guys want to dive deeper on that (laughs) i mean i would love to talk about like jesus yeah i'd I'd love to you know at least share my perspective on it or my belief in him but i mean that's up to you you're the narrator okay well well so whatever you think that, is interesting yeah. to the people, yeah. you're, you're the moderator. Yeah, let's let's uh, move on to Israel, Palestine, yeah. and kind I'm, of tangential. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Um, I'm not super educated in it yeah. in its hundreds of years of history, yep. but uh, as far as America's involvement, who we're safer under, um, things like that. Yeah. Well, me or you go. I don't care. I think this is probably the, like the most incendiary topic that you can talk about on a on an interview, right? I um, believe in probably two core things around this. Number one is that Palestinians have long been in a state of, in my opinion, like a hellish state of existence where like they're kind of trapped. Mm. Like imagine the claustrophobia you get just being like an enclosed space for a long period of time, like. They can't leave. They can't, you know, and, and certain Palestinians, right? Like not all Palestinians, oh, yeah, but yeah. Gaza particularly. 
they're and they're blockaded by both Israel and Egypt, by the way. Like they're they're and they're not welcome in other countries and yep. they, they don't have voting rights and you know, the last people they voted for shut down elections the year after they got in power, Hamas in 06, right? 07, they started throwing their yeah. political opponents off buildings. So the one thing I believe the first thing is that Palestinians for a long time have been in a hellish state of existence. The second thing that I believe is that we're watching an intractable problem get solved with violence. And I don't, I don't think that it's good. And in fact, I think that it makes Israel a less, less safe country and place in the short and long term. Yep. And I think that it creates the conditions for an incredibly dangerous regional or world scenario that we're like walking like like swan diving into right like yeah. with our unabashed support for what's happening right now yep. um that being said i also know that this is an incredibly personal and emotional topic for a lot of people uh some of my best friends included um who are both uh, arabic and jewish mm. um and so i try not to speak with authority about things that are happening five, 6,000 miles away from my front door and that are wartime events in lifetime. So it's, it's a horrific problem. I think one that's intractable and I think that it's being solved with violence and I think it's horrific to watch it being solved with violence. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I would start out by saying I have absolutely no effing clue what's going on, right? I am like the least educated about current events in Israel and Gaza. Um, since it's been happening, my head for the last six months has been head down building a business, right? Uh, so I basically have two thoughts and keep in mind, like, you know, look at Dan Henry and, and his wife. I mean, they're, I mean, Muslim, right? Like, and, and so like I hear her perspective and, and their perspective and, and see that side of things. Um, and I mean, I worked like literally hired Dan for a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, like we work together on a very close basis. Um, and then, you know, I have friends that are Jewish and, you know, I'm the same thing. So you hear both sides. I have no idea. I will say this one. I believe that this started 5,000 years ago. Like when we were texting the other day, it, it you know talks about this in the Bible times how this this war this battle like it's, there's no there, there's no peace it's never going to end right this is a this is a spiritual like hap- started five thousand years ago when when Abraham like literally disobeyed God I mean it was from sin all the way back then so I don't believe that there is can be peace like long term I think maybe you know uh, bouts of peace um, and so I I don't I don't have a solution for it from that perspective should America intervene oh, hold on one second hold on and then the second thing is this. Um, I, there was a, a saying that I feel like summed it up perfectly. I, I am, I am on the side, I default to being on the side of Israel, but, but here's why. Like, I don't, I don't think is, I think ben, Benjamin Netanyahu is super corrupt. I think that Israel, the government of Israel, probably super, super corrupt, just like the government. I'm not, I'm not justifying them. I will say this, there's a saying goes, if, uh, Israel put down all of their guns, there would be no Israel. Right. But if the Palestinians or or Hamas put down all their guns, there would still be Palestinians. Right. Like, so it's, it's, Israel is not out to mass murder an entire population of people, like in a genocide, like it's made, made, made out to. Whereas if Israel put down all their guns, like Hamas would bomb the living shit out of them. So do you, do you know what, do you know what a, so like, that's why that would be my only two things. But other than that, I'm so uneducated on it. I couldn't speak on it. I'm not, and I'm not trying to pick an argument or a fight on this, but do you know what the term thought terminating cliche means? What the phrase thought terminating cliche. Yeah. Thought terminating cliche. I don't, I mean, I could kind of gather, I bet, but everything happens for a reason, you know, like, Oh, that's the way it is. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, nothing could have been done to solve this. And I think that like, 
on the Israel-Palestine question, the, you know, if Israel laid down their guns, they'd cease to exist. If Hamas laid down their guns, that they'd still, Palestine would still exist. That, that to me is like a really classic thought terminating cliche because A, it's completely, it's not provable. Like, and then. It is though, because like, like Hamas bombs Israel all the time and they secure it with the Iron Dome and you know, attacks them and they never just go out there. Like, I, I, I'm, like I'm, Israel didn't, I'm Israel saying, didn't attack Hamas. Like I'm, Hamas saying, attack, I'm saying it's, it's I'm saying it kind of ends the conversation in an unsatisfying way because it doesn't, it doesn't leave really room for argument and it paints kind of Israel as the explicit victim in all this. But I think that it's a lot more complex than that. And so I, I don't like, well, I certainly heard, it's complex, but yeah. I don't think that makes it a false statement though. I, I don't know. I mean, you're talking about a situation in which the the north half of Gaza, you're like you're saying, if Hamas laid down their arms, then Palestine would still exist. The, the north half, yeah. the north half of Gaza is gone, is is just gone. Like, and they're and they're not going to because, re- rebuild because that. Hamas literally went into Israel and raped and murdered and beheaded women and children. Oh yeah, and, and attacked it, it, it's, Israel, hor- so. it's horrific. It's it's yeah, it it's a terrible, terrible thing. It's, like, it's all horrific. Start this, it's all horrific. But also, it started five thousand years ago. So. I mean, it's. I think it's more of a hundred-year problem. Past hundred plus a year, hundred and twenty years yeah. or so. There's a lot of history that you can look at in post World War One, post World War Two. Um, but like the whole, like the battle. And, of the and, and, and by the by the way, in Holy Land. One like, thing I can yeah, say yeah. for sure is that the more that I learn about this scenario, the more I'm absolutely certain that I know absolutely one hundred percent nothing I, about I it. I think we can agree nothing on that, about yeah. it. Yeah. And so I don't. Uh, this is one of the reasons that I don't try to opine on things happening five or 6,000 miles from my front yeah. door and especially live wartime events. Yeah. And, and just, uh, uh, to, to oh, oh. my final statement is like, I am pro peace. Yes. Right? Like peace. I just don't believe peace can happen here long-term because I believe it's a spiritual war. But, yeah. I don't particularly believe it's a spiritual yeah. war. And I think that that's a dangerous statement because it, it again, it implies, yeah. it implies right, wrong. It implies yeah. necessity versus, you know, being able to seek out solutions to it. Um, I think an extremely true thing and dangerous thing is that you have a perverse incentive for Benjamin Netanyahu to continue this war. And I disagree um, with that one hundred percent. I think he's corrupt. For sure. Yeah, yeah, and he and I think that that per, that like it's it's like any leader in wartime. It's like once you end the war, you're you're exposed. You're then you then become the subject of yeah. the media, the subject of the ire, um, especially for his failings and and yeah. you know having this happen under his administration. Yeah, so I agree. I think you have a really perverse incentive for him to continue this war. Um, even if it's not in the best interest of Israel, which again, I, I'm not an Israeli, like, I don't know what is in the best interest of Israel. Um, and so overall, like I'm, I'm horrified as I'm sure you are like watching everything happening right now and unfold. And, um, I think the United States to answer your question a little bit should use its position of power, which we do have a lot of power in the region with Israel, particularly, um, to influence, uh, uh, cessation of hostilities as quickly as possible. And I do agree as well, and this is the paradox, that that starts with a release of hostages, um, which again, is it's, a, it's you got a bad chicken and the egg problem right now. It's par- Is that it's, through it's, military enforcement or? Well, just- we, we give we give Israel a lot of aid every year. I mean, that has to be worth something in terms of being able to uh, ask them for, for certain political changes. I mean, again, like this is, this is why a lot of people... Um, don't, I mean, I'm trying to talk about it in a, I think a positive way, but it's a, it's probably one of the worst, most intractable pro And I've had like multiple hour long conversations with my friends who are much more informed than I am friends who are in the government, my friends who are Jewish, my yeah. friends who are Arabic. And, um, 
it's it's just one of those things that uh, I don't particularly feel too qualified to talk about. But I do. But I do think that it that I would like America to be full force trying to end the bloodshed in any way possible. Yeah. In any way possible. And I would agree with that. I don't trust the current administration. I don't believe that they're doing that in any way, shape, or form. So I, I believe with that sentiment. I, I I may disagree with it or not. I think I think that Trump would uh, would figure out a way to negotiate more peace than than uh, what we currently have. So I think Trump would be a better option on that. Although I will say, also, like he's also needs to get the frick out of everybody else's business and just focus on fixing our own shit. Yeah, yeah. So, well, so it's interesting. Rule. I was actually more isolationist in the past than I am now. I used to be very like libertarian, classic isolationist. Yeah. And I think that some of the more recent world events have actually taught me that if you're gonna have a global homogeny, you you really want it to be your country. <laughs> that's that's the the hegemonic power, um, and that there's actually a lot of stability that comes from um, a more liberal, like, classically liberal, like democratic homogeny versus like a more totalitarian fascist hum, hum, world homogeny. So. Um, I, I'm I'm definitely less isolationist and more forgiving for the U.S. having global bases than I ever have been. Um, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that we do to try to incentivize peace across yeah. the world. And I mean, even right now, like I think that actually one thing that Biden's doing well, which is going to get me, I think, in hot water with fellow lefties for saying, is like, you know, Houthis attacking international shipping um, from Yemen. Uh, I think is is something that needs to be responded to with force. And I think that Biden has actually responded with a lot of force yeah. to the Houthis that are launching these attacks because you can't threaten international shipping. Too many people rely on food. Yeah. Too many people rely on the goods that come through those shipping lanes, yeah. uh, not just in the U.S., but in the whole world. And so yeah. I actually think that's a good example of the United States showing its uh, commitment to enforcing a global order. Yeah. I, in the limited that I've seen of it, I'm not educated, but in the limited that I've seen, I would agree with that. What do you guys think is the biggest threat to America right now and why? Uh, attack on free speech. Yeah. Um, I would say the ongoing dissolution of institutional trust and competency and the increasing corruption in our institutions, ever increasing corruption. You know, it's been a long, long haul to get where we are. And I think in our lives, it's interesting, we probably grew up on the in the middle stages of the corrosion um, in the system. And I think that now we're really in an advanced state of uh, corrosive corruption. And so, you know, I think that what Barack Obama's 08 campaign was the first presidential campaign to crack a billion dollars in spending. Mm. And the last presidential campaign cost something like, don't quote me on this, but I think it was like, collectively over $10 billion between the, the yeah, two I, I know, I know that they're predicting that, in the primary or Trump and Biden are each, at least going to spend 2 billion each. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's 4 billion on this it's, one. So and that money, more, yeah. that money comes from the folks that are actually running things. Mm. Right. I mean, like you don't get that much money without being completely in the pocket of the people that are financing you. Yeah. And there's some autonomy here and there that the, they get to wield in terms, you know, like Biden's, in my opinion, I can list some good things that he's done if you're curious, but like, I think that he has done some interesting things on his own. I think Trump did some interesting things on his own, but by and large, but you think just to answer the question in one sentence, it is the corrosive influence of private money in politics. Mm -hmm. I think that that will absolutely bring down our country over time. And it already is in the beginning or middle stages of it. Yeah. 
Free speech. Yeah, the attack on free speech and people's inability to voice difference of opinions. I think that's probably the most dangerous. I mean, uh, America is built on that concept. And I mean, I think Elon Musk literally changed the entire trajectory of the world. Really? Hurt, hurt in America Re- really? by buying Twitter. Absolutely. Really? I was going to ask about Elon Musk really? next. Really? 100%. Because I know you guys have different because, like, It's giving him a lot of credit. But like, hold on. Yeah. Like, I, 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 like, I am not qualified to speak on many things, but like Elon Musk, like, I mean, that's one person I've studied a lot and- I mean, and understand. Have you read his uh, Twitter biography? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Both, both of them. The one yeah. that just came out, the one that you know was beforehand, right? Um, and you look at. I mean, he open sourced. He open sourced Twitter, right? So you or now X, right? So you can see it all. And like the absolute insanity bias towards the left, and like absolute ban on anything conservative, anything that was anti-vaccine, anything that was anti-left, anything that was anything that was not what what the the establishment wanted, right? Uh, you know, crazy. I mean, direct correlation, direct communications with the FBI, but, but, like, all of that being there. So I think that him buying that and, and giving a, a platform that, that where we can see a, a free and, you know, all sides perspective was, was a fundamental, like it will go down in history as a fundamental turning point for free speech in America. I don't, I don't think yeah. so at all because what only 20% of Americans are on Twitter and then the folks that are the most influential on there, the journalists have all, a lot of them have left it and moved on to threads and threads. <laughs> yeah. Okay, bro. Threads is a freaking joke ass of a platform that has no users. I mean, I'm, 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 I think you're going to be shocked when the uh, daily active user numbers come out from Q4 bro. because yeah, I'm, I'm, I think you're going to be sh- No, no, no. So, oh, the, so the, la- the last, the numbers- like, yeah, the last, yeah, yeah. The last, num- the last numbers that were really, I'm not, I'm look, I'm, I don't, I don't defend any of these billionaires, private play toy platforms. Like these, they're all, I don't know if you've ever worked for like a psychotic narcissist, like egomaniac, like like some of these guys, right? Like I, I think yeah. Musk is in that category. And by the way, I have a lot of respect for what he's done yeah. with SpaceX and Tesla. Yeah. Like I think that he's an interesting business visionary in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, I also think that he is exactly the type of person that I've worked for in the past, which is a malignant narcissist. But like he, he allows and, free speech to happen and, 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 and no other platform does. Like I, you can't I, talk about freely on YouTube. You get banned. You can't talk freely on Instagram. You get banned. I know this because I've been banned. There, Literally, I was shut down for four years on Facebook for the and, and like. I got actually sent a notification for my comments and political views, like actual notification from a libertarian perspective. Yeah. From and I mean, I mean this genuinely. Yeah. What is wrong with a private company banning users for speech that the company and its shareholders deems? Not valuable because or the company and the shareholders the did not. It was a very small select group of people that decided we're going to go and literally ban one voice of people, right? So, who, like, who was the small group of people that decided they, to ban the, the people, uh, whoever's at the top of Facebook and whoever's at the top of making this right? But that's YouTube, but those are right? private companies with, pri- with those are those are companies that are not they're not associated but, with voters or or the federal government. They're not owned by the state. So you so you you're pro social media companies being able to just decide. You know what? We just don't want anybody to be able to talk bad. Like let's say a social media company was like, you know what, Facebook, and they were like, you know what, we don't want anybody to, be able to ever talk bad about Trump only good things about Trump. It has to make him look good. And if you say anything that's negative to Trump, we're going to silence you. Would you be okay with that? Uh, as a private company? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm a libertarian in that way in the sense of like... So the 2 billion users that are on yeah. Facebook, could we could only talk positive so, about Sorry, Trump. do you think that that would be good for business if a company did that? I'm not asking if it's good for business. I'm asking, do you support that? But in in other... So I'm, and I'm, I'm trying to get at the core, the core of your rationale here. In other avenues... No, I'm just asking about purely... Like not... I'm, 
I'm talking would, about the would I would I speech. would I like that? No. Would I be okay with a private company deciding to do something it thinks is in the best interest of its business? Always. And as long as it's not illegal or harmful to or like actually harming someone, yeah, right? Yeah. That's my that's a philosophy as a someone who used to vote libertarian and who is still very strongly civil libertarian. I am. I do. I like it. No. Would I ever run my company that way? No. But the market will. Re- and, you, and I'm assuming you agree with this. The market will either reward or punish companies for taking certain actions, unless there's a complete monopoly, which is why I think. No. Yeah. It, yeah no. There. 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 There are yeah. certainly. Good, I mean, look. You. There's actually. There's good arguments for and against that some of these companies have monopolies in their space. Sure. I mean, like, I think that you're going to be shocked by the threads numbers uh, from Q4. So I'm, 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 look, I'm looking for, I'm looking for, the, the, yeah. the active daily use is through the roof from, from what I've been seeing, both from a, a corporate perspective. Don't and a you think it's dangerous to have these media companies that can push the narrative that they see fit? And yeah, also the, a I lot do. of those, the freedom, Hugely. the freedom of speech, uh, I guess, regulations, they were written in a time before, uh, or, or that the fact that this is a private company, so they can silence who they want. That was kind of written before social media was even a thing, dude. But you, but okay, but I could make the same. Okay, yeah. So yes and no. Okay, so a couple things here. I have, I have so many thoughts around this. So no, I want to. I, I have hear all so the, many I thoughts. I, I want to hear all. Just, I, I just want a really quick question before I forget it with the, the Elon Musk thing. Do you like with Twitter and him doing it? Do you believe that Twitter does allow for free speech? I believe it, it actually, and interestingly, it elevates people who pay for the speech. So it actually puts the blue check marks at the top of replies, at the top of your but, feed. But like just in general, do you believe that it allows for free speech? I think you can say anything you want on Twitter, yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I think you can say anything you want. I think that he has actually elevated the paid users, which does not mean that he, the— No, he has maybe. He, he has. Vocally, vocally says that. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no but if, yeah, if you pay for Twitter, your your blue check mark reply will be higher yep. than the non-blue check mark replies— and that is a way to actually you're you're rigging the market in terms of reaction and what's visible. Whereas Twitter's Twitter used to reward the content in terms of what the market its users voted on as like the best speech. Like unless they didn't like it, unless they didn't like it, they literally censored it. I, I'm not, no, 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 no. I, I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. that there was not. I'm saying the old voting system of like the liking and the favorites. Now Elon elevates paid speech. That's just what. That's that's the truth. It's elevated if you well, pay. Eleven dollars. Yeah, it's still paid. It's yeah. still paid speech. So it's premium speech, not not free speech. But it's still based on what. Just because you have the blue check mark doesn't mean you're automatically going to go viral. It's no, no, still no. But it, but it just the means best it, content it, as long as they pay for, pay the blue for it. Check. Yeah. <laughs> so no, okay, okay. okay. So, wait, wait, but a couple a couple of thoughts I have on this yeah, on the yeah, I, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, on the media yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So first and foremost, I've been voting for people in the most of my adult life yeah. who would push antitrust legislation to break up large companies and not let them get so massive. Whereas the conservative members of my family and friends have been voting for people who have allowed in the, in the name of free market capitalism, the endless consolidation of multi-billion dollar companies. And in fact, now indeed trillion dollar companies to continually get larger and larger and larger and expand their monopolies in certain spaces, whether it's ISP monopolies or technology monopolies or social media monopolies and so from my philosophy, I have, I have a strong preference of voting for people who will go after these large corporations and actually break them up and introduce competition. Yeah, but not just into, who you support, in, though, but like the concept behind it. Because we can, I mean, I support people that 
I mean, Trump's not my pick. Right? I'd rather there, have there is, there is, I'm behind him all the way. There is like, no that, conservative... Like, what's the philosophy behind it? Though? There is no conser- There, There is a free... In fact, it is a free market philosophy to break up monopolies and create competition in industries where there is not enough or there or none exists. I agree with that. And so I'm a huge free market guy. And so I think that antitrust legislation is actually pro-free market. I cannot. We don't have a free market. Yeah, but I cannot find and vote for a conservative who would be pro antitrust legislation. I don't see any conservative ever pushing the breakup of massive monopolies until they ran afoul of conservatives. And this yeah. becomes a problem that I have with. But, con- but let's, per- let's pretend. It, who, who cares if it's Republicans or conservatives? No, no, for a second. The concept, though, of free speech laws being written before. That made me laugh. So that made me laugh. Yeah, and the yeah, reason, the reason yeah. why that made me laugh is because that same, oh, it's so fucking funny. So the same argument is said about, for example, the Second Amendment. Yeah. It was written before there were automatic guns. It was written before there were uh, But the purpose of the Second stocks. Amendment it was, was written- different in this particular case. The, pur- the purpose of the Second Amendment was to, f- to protect yourself against tyranny of the government. Yeah, but dude, right? my, my dude, but, free speech but, but was- I'm just trying yeah. to be consistent. I'm always trying to be consistent. But they're not being, you're not being consistent with it though because the purpose of free speech was to allow the individual to be able to speak as they saw fit. Without retribution right. from the government, not from private corporations or private individuals. It is to allow people to speak freely without retribution from the entity, the government, that has a monopoly on violence. So when the government is directly correlating, and we, there's documented proof where the government and people in the government and in the FBI that are, is using are Twitter directly, to silence are directly, that, is, that, 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 is, that is bad and should be punished. And, that, and that's exactly what's happening on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and what's happening on Twitter. So, so y- yes, there is mass media manipulation by the government. Yeah. But yeah. My, my dude, like Comcast owns MSNBC. <laughs> right? Disney owns ABC. Uh, Time Warner owns CNN for a very long time. Now it's uh, the discovery Time Warner, right? Like uh-huh. and the, the, my, 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 yeah. my point is that for ver- for, for since the advent of centralized media, television, radio, yeah. you've had multi-billion dollar owners of media of what people consume, but, but and, what they consume, not and what they, they and post, they, but they, right? what, no. because now in no, social no, no, media, no, no. we contribute to it and like, there's a free market happen, or there's a, a, a town square, as Elon would put it, right? Where we can talk on it. It's one thing if it, what they want to show themselves. If they're producing it, whatever they want to put out, I'm 100% in agreement with you. Listen, if freaking Amazon Prime it wants to put out a freaking video for children promoting Lucifer, which is literally what they're doing, <laughs> right? Like morally, like I look at that and I'm like, that's horrible. But from a, philosophically. From philosophically, <laughs> I go, you know what? That, like they're putting it out. But at the same time, when you have a mass place where we're all interacting, like it changes because it's now not what they're putting out. It's what we are talking so about. So are you arguing? Right? So you're arguing for which of the two things? Like you can't be like you so can't I, be racist, right? Like you, I, I can't I can't go and I can't like like discriminate based on race, right? I can't discriminate based on uh, whether yeah. or not you're you're gay or not, right? I can't like if I owned a, if I owned a Walmart, I can't be like sorry, you're black, can't shop at my Walmart. Oh, sorry, you're gay, can't shop at my. No, of course not, right? You can't say it because you're not gonna you're not gonna silence somebody. You can't because of who they are, what their preferences are. Well, Same thing on social media. Uh, conservative, like, you know, oh, you're conservative. Oh, you have this view. Sorry, can't shop here. I mean, right? I mean, we we live in Colorado, where conservatives just won a major case that actually business owners can discriminate against gay people and not serve them. No, no, for religion, they can, they do not have to do anything that's against the religion of it. So, for example, the, the baker cake or whatever, right? 
premise was not that they weren't serving them because they were gay. I understand the premise of it. This is so I understand right? the premise of it. The problem that I have broadly with, and, and, and this is probably going to come off as insulting, so I apologize. No, but good. it's the it's the problem that I have with conservatives broadly. Yeah, which is that well, I, can, I make fun of Christians, conservatives. Trump supporters. I'm yeah. I can words, follow. I, I can follow the philosophy and agree with it yeah. consistently, yeah. And, and they will follow it until something happens that they don't like. In which case, they will 180 on it. So like, like like the you know what you just said a second ago, which is that this legislation was written before the advent of social medias and da da da. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. That's a reasonable argument. How do you feel about it in application to this other thing that you? feel differently on and then it's like oh no actually in that case but wait, wait, I, I, that, 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 that second amendment yeah and that but well, no, two different but it, no, two different things I, I understand that yeah. different things are different like absolutely i'm just saying that when it comes to philosophy i, I have this conversation and argue with my mom all the time yeah. is like is like can parents take kids to r-rated movies Yes, she says they can. i love my mom by the way it's a death yeah <laughs> and, then I, and, then I, and then i say and then i say can parents take their kids to drag shows no. Like, well, why not? What's the fundamental philosophical difference of a parent deciding that this art they'd like their kid to see, mm-hmm. but this art they're not allowed to want their kid to see? Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's well, the I thing. I wouldn't call a drag show art. I would call it massive perversity, but also, yeah. Well, I mean, so, there, yeah. so, okay, so if I were to agree with that, would you agree that R-rated movies have massive perversity? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Oh, no, course. I'm just saying, I just want to be clear. I don't think it's art. I, I agree with your premise, but I just... So, so, off, so yeah. drag is art. I mean, William Shakespeare's play had men dressed as women performing art. Mm-hmm. So dressing in the clothes of the other gender is absolutely a form of artistic expression in many different ways, whether it's dancing or performing, or yeah. and it has been for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But the point being that philosophically, I, that's what I always find difficult with my conservative friends and family, again, many of whom I love and have great relationships yeah. with, I cannot, I, I try to follow their line of thinking and it applies continuously until we hit a thing that they actually don't like or like and then it just flips on and off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could argue the same thing for my body, my choice with the COVID vaccine versus abortion. I would, I would, I would agree with you. I am not for vaccine mandates. So I try to be philosophically consistent. Yeah. I, same, I'm, I'm, I'm pro, yeah. I'm pro choice and pro abortion rights. Yeah. I am anti vaccine mandate and I would never tell someone they have to get a medical anything put yeah. into their body. Um, I am uh, pro parental rights uh, in almost every regard. Um, I'm also, I'm not for Are you pro homeschooling. Like, oh, I think that, I think, home, I think homeschooling can be great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that there's also, again, no, I, just in general, yeah, in, in general, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. got plenty of buddies that are homeschooled, <clears throat> but like also like from a same philosophical standpoint, I wouldn't force organ transplants from terminally ill patients to save the lives of other because yeah. I believe so strongly in bodily yeah. autonomy. Right. So there's a lot of philosophical consistency that I try to take. And it frustrates me when I have conversations with folks sometimes where it's like, I, I follow their, I try to give them all that credence and benefit of yeah. the doubt and listen to their philosophy. And then it's like, well, what about this thing that you find icky? And they're like, no, 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 I find that icky. I don't like that. Do you believe that parents should be able to take their underage kids to drag shows? If it is a solely and strictly a drag show, then from a legalistic standpoint, I support the parents right to do so i do not agree with it in any way shape or form morally and personally right but if it is strictly just that and there is no nudity right like if it's not like yeah 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 yeah. of course of course showing their dicks and hanging out yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. like 
legalistically, I support the right to do it. Disagree with it, but legalistically, I do. By the way, that's what makes America great right there is like disagreeing <laughs> with something but supporting the right to do it is but like- that's the yes. same thing. I yeah. support with free speech, right? Like, yeah. I, like, people, like if people were like, oh, you know, Josh, what if people were threatening you because you were, you know, white or because you were a Christian? I'm like, okay, like whatever. Like, okay, like that's terrible, but like who cares? Like whatever. It's not, as long as there's no physically, I and mean, they're not physically yeah, assaulting. Yeah, yeah. In, right? int- intent to it's, harm, right. incitement like, of violence. Totally yeah, right? there, there are restrictions to it, right? Which but is like- this is where, incitement. like, I like I look at free speech and I look at freedom in general and I go, okay, freedom in general. If we go freedom, what comes with that? Like chaos, right? Because it's like if there's order and structure, right? Then there's constriction. There's not freedom, right? So if I'm advocating for free speech and I'm advocating for freedom of choice, right? Which I do in almost every scenario, right? With the exception of like, I'm not, you're not free to murder someone, right? I go, guess what? There's going to be a lot of things that are morally terrible, right? That are allowed to happen and that are legal that I fundamentally disagree with. And I think we should advocate against that. I do not think we should be made illegal because the second that you make something illegal or that you take someone's way to choose to do it or not, that same rule can be applied to me. Put yourself in the, and cr- I would in the crosshairs. never yeah. ever tell someone that they yep. could not tell me what I believe or how I want to like, right? Like, Legally, me, me and Josh support, are totally on the same page. Right. Legally, yeah. I support gay marriage. Legally, like, do I personally have a moral dif- disagreement with it? Yes. But, like, who am I to tell you how you're supposed to believe and live your life in yeah. a free country? Right. Yeah. Like, if you want to go sleep with other dudes or sleep with other chicks, have at, have it. at it. Right. Like, I could <laughs> care less. So, I think the big argument that I, the big beef that I have with a lot of conservatives, which was probably where you have your argument as well, yeah, it's challenging. is that conservatives, typically speaking, try to take their moral and religious beliefs that they personally subscribe to and they want to put it into law. Yeah. And I don't know, personally, I wrestle with this. I don't know where the line is when you are like, because like, I think it was Thomas Jefferson that said, it's like the, the way that the uh, constitution was written, it was written only for a moral and religious people. It is solely inadequate for the whole of any other, right? So like even the founding fathers like stay, stated this about the constitution. If you do not have a moral society, the constitution and freedom does not work. So I think that's an interesting th- philosophical statement. That, I mean, the guy that yeah, wrote it said And I think that like, that can, yeah, I can see his point. So, basically. so my, my point with this is that there, ha- there is a moral debate somewhere, right? Like, I, can, is it okay that we're teaching children in school at the age of seven or four that they can choose their gender and they can be a boy or a girl, right? So, like, are you insane? So like, there's a man is, and a woman, right? So an, you can't, I can't, I can't get behind that. I, but like at the same time, like, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a, like, I don't know if that's a, a thing of like, oh, that's because God's, it's like, no, that's just, what are you talking about? There's a man, there's a woman, like what, right? So at well, some unless, point unless, there is a line. I mean, aside right? from, aside from hermaphrodites and people with, uh, you know, the wrong chromosomal order and, Things happen in nature all the time that are actually not just a man and a woman. I'm not. I'm not taking a strong stance on yeah. this particular issue because I think that it's very complex. Yeah. Again, I believe people have the right to do whatever they want as adults. You want as tra- adults. You want to transition? Go for it. Right. It's actually interesting. Actually, slightly interesting segue. I don't want to take over but the if moderation. You, if here. you're if you're an adult, but like sex change, my sex so, changes for mine. Are you? Are so a couple things. So a couple things. When I hear this a lot in terms yeah. of like from my from my mom again. I like mom. I love yeah. you. If you ever see this. But like I hear this a lot, I hear this a lot from her, which is like they're teaching kids they can boys they can be girls and girls they can be boys. I've never seen so a little bit about me. I substitute teach on Fridays maybe once or twice yeah. a month, 
And I do that because I do want to run for office one day. And yeah. I think it's really important that if you're ever going to legislate education, yeah, man, bro, I you need, you mean. I get it. I, I mean, like, I can, I can get behind it. Like, you know what I, mean? like, I, I disagree with like half the shit, but like, I'm like, okay, I get it, man. Like I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying I try to have empathy for yeah. people and like right. understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Like, and, and like, and I hear this a lot, which is like they're teaching boys to be girl, girls and girls. I, I think that that's mostly a straw man. I really do because I haven't seen any data to suggest that it's in. Oh, there it's. Uh, and, but well, quite, but, but yeah. you can but you can say that. But do you have a number of schools where it's taught? Do you have any data that would say this is the percentage <clears throat> of schools that have this in a curriculum? Yeah, so I will say this: no. there's there's a very well, famous. Yeah, sorry. There's a very famous case where. Uh, I think this was in the 80s, but during a circumcision, they used an electrical method and accidentally burned off the kid's penis. So his parents basically tried to convince him that he was a girl mm. his entire life. Mm. And by the time they'd gotten 18, uh, the now girl, they, they tried to give him Barbie dolls and all this stuff. He said, I always felt like I didn't belong. They They were given hormones and estrogen and all that shit. And this person ended up committing suicide Ugh. and they didn't realize until they were an adult what had actually happened to them. And it's it's the most documented case because they took them to psychologists and everything. Yeah, yeah. The most well-documented case of actually trying to environmentally and through hormones turn a biological boy into a girl and it failed miserably. And I think by 24, um, he or she like they there, committed there suicide. Is no, so, there is no so, logical or scientific evidence to support in any way, shape, or form that a man can turn into a woman or a woman can turn into a man. But there's no evidence born, you can convince someone. Yeah, that, yeah that that's, that's, I think that's what he was saying is that is that you can't convince someone there's something that they're not. So in terms of like teaching kids, which again, I haven't seen data to show that it's a problem in any significant or even but insignificant capacity. No, of course yeah. not. Okay. I, would, I wouldn't support confusing the shit out of kids like, 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 like telling do, them like, like do you believe there are like two genders man and woman uh i believe uh that's an interesting question right because there's like sex and gender so do you mean do i believe there's two sexes we'll start because there that. well there sure. there are there are generally two sexes yeah of course but like in humans the, yeah in humans and in all animals there are hermaphrodites there are all sorts of uh variations on chromosomal order naturally but um broadly yeah i mean there's yeah broadly there's man and woman broadly. anecdotally i've heard stories of from females that had interactions with someone where their arrangements down there were neither one way nor yeah, another yeah yeah it it, ha it happens but yeah. i would say um but does that mean that, that doesn't mean they're not they're not like that doesn't mean that there's more than one or gender or the other right uh, well, again, there's sex, which uh, there is more than two. Like we, you know, that's established. Like there are more than two, like, but if, if someone has well, an arrangement, by and large, 99%, 99.9%, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. You, of course there's yeah. two. You look around, right? Like, like we know this, but, and so do you believe that, but, but I'm not saying, but it's not absolute, but it's, but it's not absolute. And I think somebody can be born in the wrong body. First off, I'm sure you guys know this, is, yeah. but the human brain is like extremely complex and very like Super, yeah. and very fucked up in a lot of ways. And mm. people struggle with all sorts of different things from anxiety to depression, to bipolar disorder, to ADHD, to so on and so forth. And, uh, do I think that like someone is born in the wrong body or something like that? Like, I don't know because a, that kind of puts a judgment on it and like B it's like, 
I, I think that person's going through something. I think Dave Chappelle actually said this quite well, which is like they're going through it. Like they're going through well, I mean, life. Vivek Ramaswamy. I mean, he's like, hey, uh, transgender transgenderism is a mental disorder. We shouldn't be encouraging it. We should be helping solve it, right? So, well, um, and, well that absolutely. so that there's also yeah. there. So we have to be, in my opinion, we have to be careful with labeling things that people are going through as mental disorders because that implies. Like is, but is it, bipolarism a mental disorder? Uh, it is a yeah. It's a mental health. Uh, uh, yeah, so like if disease, someone were bipolar, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. be like, oh yeah, no, you are like these. Don't worry totally about normal, it. Right? Don't, yeah, yeah, good, no, right? no, no, yeah, yeah. Just, no, you'd be like, hey, we love you. We want to get you help, right? Like we want to help you. But, and we want to you, but help you. If that person didn't want the help, you can't force medical help upon them. We've established that, right? Right. So, so if somebody, but 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 if they went to the doctor and said, I want to make you, I want you to make me more bipolar. I want you to make it worse. I want you to mm. like, a, you wouldn't support that. I, I hear, I hear, right? what you're, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, and but the, the same and thing it, is true with transgenderism. It's like, listen, if you go to somebody and they they feel like they're in the wrong body, and you're like, no, you're not, and you're like, well, you need help, and they're like, I don't want help. You'd be like, okay, you can't force that. But if they went to the doctor and they were like, hey, I'm in the wrong body, make it worse literally cut off my dick right or literally do, like what you'd go no that's that, that's that's a crime that's that's a literal act against humanity because you're you're taking something with a mental disorder and you're capitalizing off of that by by in like helping them believe that the mental thing that's going on in their head is true when it's not i i understand your position yeah. and and i think that you're actually and I have like by the way incredibly empathetic i think people, i think you're right? coming at it from a fine point of view i think that without treatment and treatment has been now defined by doctor. I'm not a medical doctor. I didn't go to medical school. Treatment for gender dysmorphia, which is its classification, has now been prescribed as you can take hormones to transition your sex. And when you look in the mirror, the face that looks back at you will be the one that you. But that's, you see. that is a mental I, disorder. Uh, but I'm that saying, a, I'm, that, I'm no, not, no, 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 there, I'm, there's I'm no not, debate. No, no, hold on. There's no, there's nothing up for debate here. You're wrong. Okay, like that is a mental disorder. But you I'm saying I'm saying that's the treatment. I'm saying that's the treatment. No, the treatment is the treatment for bipolarism is not it's, to go and give more more bipolarism. The treatment for cancer is not to go and be like, let's make the cancer way worse. If I want to kill myself and I went to the doctor and said, please kill me, you wouldn't go and go, yes, I will help you kill yourself. So I Canada, so I'm right? look, I'm but, not I'm not an expert on transgender. No, 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 but no, no, but follow or, the logic here for a second though. Okay. So if somebody wakes up and they go, you know what? I am not uh, like me. And I was like, you know what? I am not a man. I'm actually a woman. Like I'm actually a woman and I'm trapped in a man's body. Like, and I go to my family and my friends and I'm like, I need help. I, I am trapped yeah. in a man's body. And they would look at me and they would go, no, you're not because you're not a woman. You're a man, right? So the treatment for that would not be to go and say, you know what? You're right. We should go and give you hormones. We should go and transition you over so that how you feel aligns with what you see. So what would the treatment be? Yeah, because, yeah, I don't understand this, what the treatment would be. I don't know what the treatment. I, 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 and by the by the way, I think that there are things conversion that, therapy. There, well, there are, well, no, no, not conversion <laughs> yeah, therapy. I don't know. Yeah, saying, no, I know, but I, but I know <laughs> that was a joke. Everybody, but I, but I know that, but I know that the treatment <laughs> is not a sex change. There are there are right? thing, there are things that you do before a sex change. You go to therapy but for what do you years mean before a sex change. You, you know, I'm saying I'm saying there are many people who never undergo transition. Because they do get therapy. In fact, this is a kind of interesting mm -hmm. segue that something I wanted to chat about a second ago. Yeah. With kids, puberty blockers, which I know is a very hot topic and potentially mm -hmm. an emotional flag here, yeah. but I'm just saying that puberty blockers are actually a useful tool for parents whose kids are coming to them and saying, 
uh, teenagers or younger, I'm trapped in the wrong body. I want to go into nutrition. Puberty blockers are a temporary pause on the secondary sex characteristic development of the kids. But that assumes that, that you think that no, 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 they can be but, trapped in the wrong body. But no, no, no. <laughs> but what, what, what the puberty blockers do is it gives you time to bring your kid to therapy and to have them not have a ticking time bomb of the secondary sex characteristics developing in their minds irreversibly to a point where they're considering suicide because suicide is extremely high in this community. So because when I, it's a mental disorder no, well, that you are trying, that you are going and you are saying is normal. No, no, no. no that, first no, off, saying, 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 saying normal. That's actually what it is. No, 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 no. It's, it's normalizing something and making your, people, your argument makes zero sense. And every time you say it, you're making it seem like you're supporting a mental disorder. All right, let him finish. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, but I, there, there's no argument. I can, I can tell yeah. that this, yeah. this definitely riles you up. And yeah, so it does. I, I ended you're it wrong. Okay. okay. It's a debate. Just <laughs> yeah, let him, let him, mean, like, let him talk. Let him talk. No, like no argument. I'm that. trying, yeah. I'm trying to be empathetic to a parent whose kid comes to them and to the kid. I'm being very empathetic to the kid. I don't want them to live with a mental disorder for the rest of their life. And if, and if I, and if I told you there was a tool in your toolkit as a parent mm-hmm. to potentially delay the secondary sex characteristics of the kid in a reversible way that allows them to go through puberty normally once they get off the puberty blockers. And it allows you to buy time to bring them to therapy and to get them medical help and to talk to them and to maybe get them on some other type of medication. And to because these parents are terrified their kids are going to kill themselves because suicide is so prevalent in this, especially the youthful community of transgender kids. And so if I could tell you there was a tool in your toolkit to delay that and to actually give you the opportunity to talk to your kid and figure out what's happening over the course of years without that puberty time bomb taking over their head, which creates that intense pressure to do something drastic, whether that's a a sex change or killing themselves because they're worried about that time bomb. I think that as a parent, you would want that toolkit very much, that tool very much in your toolkit. And so what concerns me is that I'm seeing this conservative movement, and I'm curious how you feel about this. I'm seeing this conservative movement to ban and, and elu- uh, to, to outlaw um, puberty blockers when, in fact, they're actually an extremely important toolkit for a parent trying to prevent something, their kid doing something drastic in a, in a temporary prevention tool. So, so that's actually something that's been very— Are you asking me what I think about it legally, or yeah. do I ask you what I think about it personally? Uh, both, because I think, that it's, I think that it's counterintuitive to ban something— that can be a treatment that's not a sex change. I think that there are very, very few exceptions to things that should be banned. Like, I'm pretty much pro everything being legal. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, like, from a legalistic perspective. Yeah. Like, pretty much everything. Okay. Right? Like, yeah. with, with rare, from a, like, from a perspective. Yeah. I think that it is a horrible, disgusting idea that one would entertain that if your child came to you and said, I think I'm trapped in the wrong body, that the immediate response to that would be, let's puberty block them so that they're not going to experience going through puberty so that we can get this sorted out with, rather than just being the parent and sitting with your child and loving them and walking through them and showing them the truth that you're not, like you're not trapped in the wrong body, right? You were fearfully and wonderfully made, like you you are a human being and you're not trapped in the wrong body. Well, let's say you do that and they disagree. Right. Yeah, yeah. And where let's, do you let's go? Say from? I continue to walk with them. I don't. And by, by, by the way, in your in your yeah. in your mind, you're thinking that the puberty blockers are sort of an immediate first step, but they're, but they're not. They're like. You're, but why do you want to block puberty? Because like, you have this again, the ticking time bomb of the development of secondary sex characteristic, facial hair, breasts. 
um, all these different things. And the but if I am a dude, and I'm if my daughter, right? I have a daughter, and if she is twelve years old, and were to come to me and be like, "Hey, I feel like I'm trapped in the wrong body," right? You're saying that I should not want her to like develop into a woman? No, 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 uh, no. Of course not. I'm, I'm, I'm. But say- like, what do you mean with the? I'm, whole, say- like, I'm the- saying you want what's best. I'm saying yeah. you want what's clearly you want what's best for your kid. Like, right. I've just met you, and I can tell that 100%. you. One hundred percent. I saw you with Willow. You. Sorry, I shouldn't know. If, I don't know if you said oh, your yeah, daughter's yeah, name. Sorry, yeah. but she. But she. You, you dude. You did, yeah. Dude, you are like yeah. you clearly a dad. You love her so love her much. To death, I'm right? so excited for you. Yeah. 100%. So, so I don't. I actually don't want to personalize this because I don't want to. I don't want to make it about your dog. Like I feel, I feel okay. like that's uh, that potential. I, mean, this is me. I just, I just, I just, I just, I just don't want to. Whatever. You know what I mean. But you know what I, I, you know not, what I mean. Promise you, I'm not offended by it. Okay. 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 Like, t- what? so, so yeah. you want what's best for her. Yeah. And what I would say to you is, if you were, if she was 12 and she came to you, I'm in the wrong body. Yeah. Crying every day, depressive state. Freaking out. What, what's your first move? Maybe take her to a therapist. Maybe take her to a psychologist. After you talk to her one-on-one, of course, as her take parent. Take her to church. Right? Maybe to church. Take her to church. Take her to a therapist. Take her to a psychiatrist. There are a lot of steps. And then at some point, and this is, um, again, I, I hate to personalize it like this, but she, she tells you, look, I, I'm worried that I'm about to develop breasts, and I'm, there's no going back, and I'm going to get at my period, and so on and so forth. And that I can't live like that, and I'm gonna fuck. I'm gonna kill myself, mm-hmm. right? And 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 and, yeah. Yeah. and this is what happens to parents all across the country. Not in huge numbers; it's a small yeah. percentage of people. Yeah. But it happens to parents all across the country. And that situation to me is one of the most terrifying, horrific. Yeah, I would say from your perspective, it makes a lot more sense hearing it this way because when your option is first option is talk to her, try to you know convince her otherwise, take her to therapy. If that doesn't work, then you're like, okay, if we keep going down this path, then ultimately it's a high suicide risk. Well, hold on, hold on. So the only other option I have left right now is puberty blockers. To delay it. To delay it. It's a temporary delay, right? And then you buy yourself one year, two years, three more years of time to work her through whatever she's going through. And your and, and, you, and in your but, mind, that's you're solvable. assuming that this is you're you're assuming that this is a a mental disorder, though. I'm assuming that like she yeah, would be experiencing a in, mental disorder, my, and how she is feeling is not actually true. Like, yes, she's experienced. Like, that's how she feels. Again, that's not yeah. true. So, right? so, so, is that uh, the argument you're coming from, or are you not coming from that argument? I would say that whether or not you believe it's true, you would want the same thing logically that I would want, which is to buy time for your solution. And do I think it's a mental disorder? I think that's an ugly term that would really carry a stigma and also something that's like needs to be cured or fixed or whatever, which you probably believe. And, and that's, I can actually understand your viewpoint there. Yeah. I think it is a mental health disease similar to a bipolar or something like that. I think clearly so. If you look in the mirror and you, and you see something that's mismatched with yeah. what you're seeing, or you think something is mis- I mean, that sounds like a really distressed state. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a disease in a sense, but it's not something, but again, that carries so much stigma with it that I'm not trying to. But who cares about stigma? We're just looking at facts. Well, like, well, like- stigma causes suicide and stigma causes people to do things like this that okay, are drastic. But, but then if you teach your, like, like I believe that the issue that where this stems from, this concept of the fact that, oh, you, you think you're this or you think you're that mm. stems not from, oh, they magically woke up when they were 12 years from old. from the devil. Right? Absolutely, <laughs> it's from the devil. It, 100%. I mean, that, was man, I, that was well, a joke. That was a joke. I mean, it's true, though, right? Like, this is spiritual warfare 100%, right? But, 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 like, this comes not from they wake up at 12 years old and go, oh, my gosh, I think I'm in the wrong body. Like, if they're getting to that point, like, there are, there's 12 years of, in, like, Incorrect parenting mm. in some capacity that led to that to to led to those feelings, right? I don't but, think anyone could have convinced me that I was a girl. Yeah, I don't think. That, yeah, I don't think that. I think that you would like. No, but I'm not saying convince you. 
if you were a girl, what I'm saying is, is that if you convinced yourself, I didn't, conv- I'm not talking about convincing my daughter that she's a, a dude or a, a, my son that she, he's a girl. Yeah. I'm talking about the fact that like, if they get to that point and I go, okay, this is what I'm dealing with here. Then I need to go back and I need to address the issue and I need to be the parent and I need to look at what happened. And I would look at the facts of the situation. Would I intentionally prevent my daughter or son from growing up like stopping their body from developing simply because I want to like help them. No, because I want to like, like I'm, if I do that, then I am literally saying, you know what, what you're feeling is actually true. Let's prevent, let's, let's, let's delay this so that we don't have to deal that with that. But if well, it's a no, mental no, 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 disorder, no, no, no. then it's, it's, you're, you're validating that they're going through something. And this is my opinion. That's how they're feeling. This yes. is my opinion. This is yeah. my opinion. You're, you're validating that they're going through something. And then you're saying, let's work on this together, whatever the solve will be over time. And so you don't panic and kill yourself, which happens in huge percentages, like four times the national population suicide rate for transgender youth. Mm-hmm. It's a huge but risk. they're not transgender. Okay, like okay, thing. okay. For, like, no, no, no. For, for, for youth, for, but that, that, that's, just, that's just semantics. For youth going through gender dysmorphia, they have a four times higher suicide rate than the national average. But, so you delay the puberty blockers. Then what? Yeah, no, but, no, no. But there's been a lot of success stories of people who have decided, and I say success stories from your perspective, of people who have decided to not go through with a sex change operation because they were able to go to therapy to get different... <laughs> My daughter is not going to go through a sex change therapy like because I, she feels like she's a dude. If she wants to do that once she's grown up and out of the house, by all means, I like that's her choice. And I, by the way, but, I, but by the way no, 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 but, I, I agree but, with you. But, but, I, look. I'm, but I'm, hold on, I'm, I'm really trying to understand yeah. because like this makes no sense to me because it's, it seems like you're saying, hey, listen, if the, my, my daughter has this mm. issue and like she feels one way, I should give her puberty lockers to delay it and then, then what? Like, hope, so, that, hope that I can cure it there? That would assume that I couldn't cure it if she just went through with it. So again, I'm not being prescriptive in terms of what you should or shouldn't do in this scenario. I'm saying that as a parent, I would, I would assume that you would want an... But a, how do puberty blockers help? Because it's a last-ditch sort of temporary pre- uh, preventative to allow her to actually take the time, again, without the knowledge that these changes are coming and they're coming fast, to work with you. But why you. would that be a bad thing? Like if she was like, I'm trapped in the wrong body. And then she P- kids, like, kids kill themselves all the time because they go through puberty and they think their life's over. They, these tra- I would love to see the statistics of which one of those grew up in, in a home that was two parents that prayed daily, that were in the word, that loved them, that were, gave them care and attention and explained masculine and feminine and like, and like actually showed them what traditional and healthy masculinity and healthy feminism looked like, because I bet you it's basically zero if that's the case. I, I right? think, I think that again, no offense. Yeah. I, I think there's a hubris there coming from you as someone who is religious and is going to raise your child as religious, that this couldn't or wouldn't happen to you. When in fact, I just think that it's a statistical percentage of people that go through bipolar that go through gender dysmorphia. That yeah, go because through- if you're saying it's a disorder just like bipolar, that that it like there's just as many Christian bipolar people as there yeah. is in the general population. There's not fewer Christian bipolar so there's not, people. I wouldn't say that there's a lower you know, chance of from it a, happening if if you do classify it as a disorder, but, but not an environmental. End up in suicide. Not no, not going to not a hundred percent, but a four times higher rate. And that's so that's what I'm saying. I'm saying okay, wait a second. Like 
You're saying you're saying kids from I, religious I, families don't commit suicide no, at equal rates? No, no, but but what I, I'm, I'm what I'm failing to understand, like where I am, like where my line is drawn, you got like a blocker. Like line, line, no, line in the sand is that it, there, there's, it's man and a woman, right? Like you can't, you're not in the wrong body. You can feel that way, but it's not reality. Okay, so that's first. But then what I'm failing to understand, and where I'm hope, happy to change my mind on, if mm. if I if you help me see what I'm not seeing, yeah, yeah. is how does me giving my child puberty blockers change? anything except for delay the inevitable of what is going to happen. Like, how does that make it better? Well, because... Well, or even give you the opportunity to make it better. Well, so first off, in your mind, it's, it's not inevitable, right? Like, in your mind, you actually can convince your daughter to not make that transition, right? So is it easier to do that in three weeks or three years? Three years? Three years. Yeah. So if... She is 12 going on 13 about to go through puberty and have secondary sex characteristics develop. And she's saying, I need a sex change now in the next 12 months. Otherwise, my life is over or I'm going to kill myself. I would say that you would say, take the puberty. Bl- I assume you would no, say, I was absolutely not. I would say that no way that she's taking the puberty. I would say, sweetheart, that is not true. Your life is not over. And we're going to walk through this together. And I would move heaven and earth. I would, yeah. I would shut down my business. I would, I would turn. Oh, like anything that I needed to in life to be there for her every single step of the way. And as someone, as someone who believes in parental rights, with absolute parental rights for their children, yeah, and who believes in medical rights and medical autonomy, yeah, I would say that you can absolutely do whatever you'd like to do. I would not take away a medically prescribed tool from parents who see their strategy as different than your preferred strategy to address this. There are parents who, but would like, s- you think she's going to commit suicide in the next year? Like, she's saying she. I just don't understand how puberty. You're saying that once puberty is over, or like once puberty happens, like that's, that's it. like the point. No, no, of no that's no what return. that's what the child will say. That's no. what that's what the but teen that's d- delusion. And that's like, oh, sweetheart. Yeah, but the, if, but, if, but, the, if, but delusion if you doesn't make it. If you don't give me a cookie, I'm going to kill myself. Uh, well, but do you believe that? <laughs> what? That like, the parental, I, 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 I do you believe that, the parental right should be revoked? Basically no, absolutely not. Okay, yeah. so we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so you <laughs> would, like, so you would. Like, I want to be very clear because this is probably the first time I've spoken vocally about the whole concept of of transgenderism and, and this. And like, I want to be very clear. I am incredibly supportive of the legal, like legally from the 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 lesbian gay community. Like, if you want to be like tra- a gay, if if you want to be with whoever you want to be, I, I support your legal right, or even be transgender, all, all that. And and if you <laughs> at, at a consenting adult age want. You want permission yeah. to go and you want to live in delusion and you want to pay for it and you want to chop off your penis by all means, like mm. do it. Like that is legally okay, okay. right? hundred percent. I support that, yeah, yeah. right? What I do not support is taking the, a child and telling them that and, and encouraging or supporting this idea that they can be somebody else. Like a man can be a girl and a girl can be a boy. Like that, that's not a thing. Yeah, that maybe, doesn't maybe, exist. Maybe like I, transgenderism is a lie. There maybe, is no such thing as a man becoming a woman. So it doesn't exist. So right? aside, aside from the philosophical difference that you and I have there. No, no, but like legally, legally, if you want to do it as a consenting adult, but I want to just say like morally from a moral perspective, transgenderism isn't real. There's one man and one that there are man and woman. That's it. And I want to be like, I, I will die on that hill. Right. Like, I mean, but, they, but no, but then you'd right? literally, you'd literally die because hermaphrodites exist. Okay. So you just wrong. What does that have to do, what does that have to do with me, me being a man and being a woman? A guy cannot be a girl. Well, I'm not saying that again, these are all, these are semantic societal constructs and like what you think people can and can't do. (laughs) No, no, this is what you think that people can and can't do. And I respect that. I'm sorry. Like I want to, I'm in the middle of my point here and then I want to hear it, which is this. 
It's delusion and it's dumb. If you are going through that and if you're dealing with that, massive, insane amounts of empathy and like a lot, a lot of empathy for the no, dumb retards that you are is but, what he's saying. No, but like if you're, if you're going through something, like I am empathetic. I, I don't think that we should ban these people. I don't think we should shun these people. I don't think we should, we should like we, cast them out of the church. Like, I mean, I go to a church that is incredibly welcoming and opening, not in supportive of gay marriage or of transgender, but if they came in, it's like, we're not going to push you away. We're, we're here. We're caring. I don't hate you. Jesus loves you. I love you because Jesus says that. And so like, that's, it's delusion. Right. And so I, I, I want to be very clear on that because like legally I support anyone's right to do whatever the frick they want to yeah. themselves, but like morally and from a, just a, a perspective of just societal construct might give me a break. Right. Like it's not okay. It's not. And I love you if you're going through it and I support you. Also it's delusion. That's it. I mean, yeah. I think that calling people dumb and delusional is one of the reasons why there's such a intense hatred and stigma of the LGBT community where people are going into their bars and shooting them up. Mm-hmm. And it contributes to the higher suicide rates. There are entire, we've actually- No, I didn't say they were, I didn't uh, say, I said the concept of it is delusional and dumb. But the whole concept of you don't, be a man but don't, a woman. But don't you see how that judgment- Creates, I'm not judging them. I'm judging the idea, the concept. But they are living the concept. They believe that they are experiencing this thing that is not real. And the, the, the feeling of it is, is real. But like it's... But how can you 100% but, 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 say that's what someone's going through Yeah, is but, not jo- real. but Josh, if I... If I what they're experiencing Josh, is real. If I, if I say... Like look, look, man, I'm not, and I'm not trying... Again, I don't yeah. want to attack you or anything like this. But like if I said that believing in a man in the sky that judges your every move mm-hmm. is dumb and delusional... 100%. You can say it by all means. Yeah, I get told that regularly. Okay, like, and I quote, Josh, I can't believe you ma- worship that stupid magic fairy dust in the sky. Okay, absolutely. And now, and now, let's say that instead yeah. of being, I don't know, the vast majority of the population, which mm-hmm. you are, you in your belief, you were a sub one percent part of the population. Mm-hmm. I and, would and die it, in Christ's name, burn me at the stake, boil me in oil. Like, I will never give up my faith. That's, that's terrific. Absolutely. I, and, but I'm saying that don't you see that calling people who are in the vast minority dumb and delusional is, A, not empathetic, and, and, B, and B, it is, mm-hmm. it is harmful to their mental health, and it, and it contributes to these problems I don't think that it's they harmful to. to the mental health to, to <clears> say that something is a mental disease. I mean, it, so there are whole charities. What's harmful for their health is allowing them to continue to believe and supporting this idea that is okay. Look, man, there, right. there are whole charities that exist just to help LGBT youth who get kicked out of their homes not be homeless. And because I, it, would, I, would, I would donate to that charity in a heartbeat. Yeah. 100%. But, I, but, but, do you, but do you, I'm just trying to, yeah. and, and I guess I, I, I don't know if I can't convince yeah. you to not, not be so harsh with something that, you know, you are not experiencing and maybe can't wrap your head around like things that I can't wrap my head around. Yeah. I don't make a lot of judgment calls on that. Like I like, like literally judgment, but like, 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 what, like experiencing, but what, what do you mean by experiencing? My friend were to experience it. I would sit with them through it. I wouldn't judge. I wouldn't tell them that like you're, you're going to hell for it. I wouldn't tell them that you're a terrible evil person for it, but I would say what you're like, what you, what you think is happening right now 
is not real. But do you think that telling someone what they think is happening is not real helps them? Like, is that a clinical psychological thing to do that improves conditions and outcomes? I think that we as a society need to be very, very clear and, and have a conversation about the fact that transgenderism, like that doesn't exist. If I were sitting with someone one-on-one in the moment and like sitting there and having a deep, meaningful conversation with them, I would use judgment in that moment as to whether or not that's relevant to say in that conversation, because perhaps it's not. But as a, as a whole of a conversation of a, on a podcast and as a society as a whole, the idea that we should somehow support trans, like this idea that men can be women and women can be men is a dangerous and delusional idea. And it should not, like, we should not support that, right? Now, I believe someone's right to live it out. I believe someone's right to believe it, but I don't think we should normalize a mental disorder, right? I, and I guess what I'm saying, yeah. what I'm saying is that I, from my empathetic point yeah, of view, hundred percent, trying to normalize different people's way of lives, whether it's one condition or another, is going to improve their outcomes and societal outcomes much more than stigmatizing it, banning it, or criticizing it from a, a moral judgment overview. And I and I think that like we're at I'm odds. I'm not judging them. I'm saying the the idea behind it. But I, the, like, but the, there's no functional difference to that person. Okay, if if somebody murdered someone, yeah, right, yeah, caused harm like to literally another, literally murdered another human being, yeah, caused okay? harm to another, yeah, okay, uh-huh. and they were like, do you like? Are you judging me? Do you think I'm banned to hell forever? I would go. No, no, because it's a violation of the do no harm principle. But also, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to them, and I, I wouldn't be like, but it's totally okay that you murdered someone, and it's, it, it's fine, right? Like, and and you should be able to live out the idea that it was totally okay to murder someone because that's delusional. But you're, but, but I wouldn't be like, you're going to hell. No, I'd be like, okay, well, or you're a terrible, horrible, evil human being. I'm like, I don't know, maybe you are, but like, also, that's not what I'm attacking. I'm not attacking them. I'm attacking this concept that murder is not okay. And if he thinks, or she, whoever murdered that, thought that murder was okay. I'd be like, it's not okay. I mean, yeah, but you're comparing like, you know, homicide to somebody having a gender dysmorphia. Okay, bipolarism. If someone was bipolar and they were like, no, bipolarism is totally normal, right? Like, Bipolarism is fairly common, right? but it's treatable. That's my point. My point is, is that if you were to tell someone with bipolar disorder, it's, you don't need a treatment. But the funny thing is, the funny thing is, is I'm telling you that there is a treatment and it's called puberty blockers. That's not a treatment. That's (laughs) a delay to have a conversation to, to, but it's not, but it's no, no, but it's not a delay of the inevitable. It's a delay of the thing that's causing your child extreme anxiety. Have you, have you ever had like a panic attack? Yes. Yeah. 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 One time. Great. Great. It was weird. Not great. Not great. Awful. But no, no, but you see where I'm going with this. Like, like that panic. I never understand it before. Once you have it, yeah. It's like holy fuck! Like yeah, that is 100%. like the, like it's it's one of the worst. And I think that that level of anxiety yeah. is what a lot of these people and children are dealing with. And, and again, this is and yeah. puberty blockers are not going to help that. You know what is going to help that? The love and attention of a mother and a father who loves them and sits with them and understands them and says, "I hear you," and I'm going to walk with it with you and and puts them first and says, "You know what? We are going to walk through this together." I think I think we've played out this conversation yeah, we absolutely have. but yeah. but and i think Sorry. that doing what you want to do would be easier over three years instead of three weeks or three months I okay think. yeah all right yeah. we can disagree on that but yeah <laughs> i think we i think our hearts are both in the same place i think our approach to it is radically different moderator absolutely. where do we go from this yeah. all right that was intense the, the and, final, I, and good I yeah that was that was great the yeah. final topic yeah. a few months ago a gentleman ran into the park across the street with a assault rifle and waved it at civilians, pedestrians, and about 
Five minutes later, the cop showed up. He fired one shot at the police officers, and they killed him. So sounds like a suicide by cop or something. Yeah, that's yeah. that's my that's my theory. Um, what do you guys think in terms of sec- the Second Amendment was brought up earlier? Um, where do we stand in terms of gun control, school shootings, and uh, should we be stricter on gun laws? Should we be looser on gun laws? Um, we'll start there. I'm super curious as to what you think about this. Cause I, I'm yeah. So what do you, what do you think? Um, my default stance is that you, anyone that is a legal citizen of the United States should be able to carry a gun. Okay. Like period. Um, any, any thoughts on like type of gun or, or, or well, process to get it. it, it, it we'll get to that in a second. Um, but, but I agree with that statement. Yeah. So. Um, I think that there is a massive mental health disorder or ma- uh, epidemic in America, not disorder, but just mental health issue, right? A, a crisis. In I agree America, with that right? statement. 100%. And I believe that uh, obviously guns in the hands of those people would be a bad thing, right? Um, I fundamentally disagree with the approach that because there's a mental health disorder or a mental health epidemic in America, that the solution to that is to ban all the guns, right? So I don't, th- I don't agree with that solution. Um, so I, I believe I agree with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I am very much pro second amendment. I am very much pro being able to carry and one's right to defend, defend oneself in the case of what you're referring to here. Do I think that the, a civilian should be able to walk into the middle of a park with an AR 15? No. Do I think that a civilian should be able to own an AR 15? Yes. Right. By all means. And I don't think there should be any limits on that to, in what they should do to defend themselves. I think where my stance on gun control is, is I believe that there should be a massive amount more education, not like not in like who who can and can't get guns, how to use a gun, but like exactly. So when you go and you want to purchase a firearm, the class that you should be able have to take has should have nothing to do with the fact that, oh, do we approve you or not? It's have you gone through the required safety to own and operate a firearm because I grew up and I had gun safety classes every year of my life for like eight years. Every single human that I knew owned a gun. Like it was like you'd walk through Walmart and half the people in there were carrying guns. I got got a shotgun for my 10th birthday. Right. Like absolutely. Right. (laughs) But then you go to a place like Denver, right where we're at. And you have this, you know, very, very concentrated people, a, a group of people that have had little to no exposure on guns at all. They have no idea how they operate or safety or what can like any of that. And this, I, you know, like I understand why someone would be hesitant to just be like, hey, let's just hand everybody guns. Um, but I think I think everybody should be able to carry a gun. I think guns should be very easily accessible um, as long as there's proper education. And um, I think that's where my default so is. like a driver's license, but for guns. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yep. So I think I think that's like a, all fairly reasonable positions. Yeah. So a license for firearms that like you need to demonstrate your proficiency and knowledge yep. and safety helps with accidental discharge deaths and, you know, gun safety storage and that sort of thing. Yeah. I think that makes total sense. I think that's able to purchase a gun, by the way. Yeah, I vibe I vibe with all that. Um I I so uh and I and I I'm so maybe we won't we won't really have much to disagree on with this. Um I the thing that I think is kinda interesting overall with this debate is that there are four hundred million guns in the United States. Mm-hmm. More guns than people, right? There's probably more like a yeah, as yeah. You, uh, 400, 400 million that we know no, of. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's so, so, there, so there's yeah. more guns than people that we know of. Yeah. Um, we have the highest gun ownership rate in the world, I think. It's, yeah. Yeah. God bless America, right? God bless America. Um, but uh, that's, a, that's what Jesus would have wanted. But I, but, yeah, <laughs> but, but, um, 
but like I think the interesting thing here is like this the, the debate is more interesting to me than the uh actual situation or outcome because situation's bad, right? Like yeah. I think Shane Gillis said it very funny recently, which is like so we're not doing anything about that. Like right. he's like he's like we're just it's bad. Yeah, and it's, it's just yeah. So but um I think it's interesting that the debate is so fervent mm-hmm. and so passionate mm-hmm. because I don't see any action happening at all in terms of like gun control added gun bans like gun restrictions like the supreme court just ruled that it's like legal to um i think like scrape off the uh, what do you call it like the serial number of the gun or whatever like like, in indiana you buy a gun and it goes into the system yeah but it has no tracking to you whatsoever yeah government has no business knowing whether or not you have guns they have no well aside from the license sure that you're suggesting that's to Hey, you. This person can purchase a firearm because they've gone through the. Proper so it's pre-purchase. So it's right, pre So they exactly. don't know if you've actually purchased. Right, right. Okay, it, that's but, interesting. Right. So you go to the gun shop and they go, "Hey, do you have your license that yeah. prove that you went through the class?" And you go, "Yes, I, I, I get. Is. I get a little. Yeah, I get a little. Honestly, I get a little. This is going to sound really callous because yeah. people's kids are dying every day. I get bored by the gun debate because there are, and we're in Colorado, right? The yeah. the Aurora movie theater shooting, yeah. like Columbine. Yeah. There have been, there were three, Older, shoot, there yeah. were three shootings last year in schools here. Like, it's horrific. And I, like I said, I substitute teach on Fridays to learn the education system. Yeah. And you can see the kids, whenever there's a like a noise in the hallway, mm-hmm. we have, and they get the teachers walkie talkies in case yeah. there is a shooting. And whenever that fucking thing beeps, every head in the room is on a swivel looking towards it. Yeah. And so uh, you know what the hierarchy of needs is? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So that physical safety piece of yeah. education is actually being undermined right now tremendously. Yeah. And if your physical safety is undermined at the bottom of that pyramid, you can't learn. So I actually think that there's like a education crisis happening in slow motion. Now 400,000 kids have been, in, have been in a school that's experienced still shooting. But like what does um, that have to do with... No, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm just yeah. kind of outlining the problem, which is like it's a massive problem. And I don't want to sound callous towards it. It's actually yeah. a, it's a really complex systemic social problem. Um, but I find that like the fervency that the, like the fervor that people use when they're debating the gun debate, uh, especially on the right, but that's my bias. Yeah. Where they're like they're not going to take our guns. Like they're not going to they're not going to ban our guns. I'm like, dude, nobody's going to fucking take your guns. Nobody's banning your guns. Obama was in office for eight years. Not a single gun was captured. Like Sandy Hook happened under his watch, and like nobody got their guns taken from them. So I don't but like they definitely do want to do that. I they just can't. I think. Right? Well, yeah. first off, I think all governments all the time over every era want to disarm the population. Yeah. It's not, it's so not, not a reasonable, but but it's thing not, that would ever happen. Yeah, it would right, never happen. Right. It's they, never going to happen. It's not going to happen. Never. But, but they they do want that. Like, but but. I, like I think said, I think like that gover- I think that governments would prefer an unarmed populace. Like, like, like yeah, don't like don't get me wrong. Like yeah, I think absolutely. that that's that's fair. And I think that if you were to attack the issue, that the way that you would attack the issue is is like little little chip away at a time, right? Little chip away at a time. Yeah. Little chip away at a time. Yeah. So, little little actions here and there. Right, like and, yeah. And like I, Colorado, I, Colorado just raised the raised the age to twenty one to purchase a gun, which I think is great because there are 18 year olds in high school. There are no 21 year olds in high school. And that's, and that's a barrier to another school school shooting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see the argument for, for things. Cooling off periods, that sort of thing. And, And by the way, I think that that's by and large what people on the left want is they want waiting periods. Like you go to a gun store and say, Hey, I want to buy a gun today. Okay, great. You have to come back in eight days. Like I think, I I don't think that's well, three, three days, seven, but I think a cool, there's cool. There's proof that there's data to support that, um, cooling off periods reduce uh, violent, violent crime with guns because you give people a three or four day period yeah. to think it over 
and they often don't act in the moment like they would have if they can get a gun the same day. So anyway, I think that that's the type of stuff that most people on the left actually want is like raise the age to 21, um, restrict the, the or increase the price of certain weapons or restrict the circulation, yeah. like um, cooling off periods. I think that those are all pretty reasonable things. And I haven't really heard, I'm like, I, I hang out with very progressive mm. people, like socialists, like different things like that. And like, yeah, yeah. like the, no one talks. In fact, <laughs> most socialists I know are well-armed <laughs> actually. Mm. So mm. I don't really, I don't really get the, the debate to be yeah. honest. Yeah. I think it's pretty, re- I think that like everybody wants reasonable stuff mm. And then we can't have it because of the corrosive corruption yeah. that I, I was talking about earlier. Yeah, I would generally agree. My my philosophy on guns is, listen, government, leave me alone, like everything else in life, right? So leave me alone. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what I, what I can and can't do. Yeah. And, and I'm going to have- What about cops in yes. elementary school and in, in every I mean, school? I'm a big, that's, that would be my immediate proposed solution. To <laughs> it, it boggles my mind that we have as many school shootings as we do. And we don't go, like, I'm thinking about even veterans- like need jobs and, and or this to where you could go and hire veterans or, you know, people that are standing, not with big, scary guns. Right. But like, are there at the, at the entrance of schools no. to, to put, we this had in a there. cop in my high school, yeah, but like, I went to high school in the hood. So, <laughs> yeah. so the, uh, the, I think that's a, a good solution. So there, yeah. so, so like schools aren't able to, there's just kind of a slight tangent. Schools aren't able to break up fistfights anymore amongst kids. Public schools, mm. they're not supposed to, at least. Teachers still do. Yeah. But they're supposed to call the, the officer mm. on campus to come deal with violence or fights or different things like that, even if it's just wailing on some kid or something like yeah. that. We have, as a society, sort of outsourced being the parent in the room to the officer on campus in, in schools. Mm. And I think, as a again, a very civil libertarian-minded person, I don't want to indoctrinate and train the next generation of kids to think that the police can solve every problem the man in the uniform well it's not every problem the, it's literally just guard the door so i, I, I understand i understand that i think that there's there is a certain conditioning of walking into a, a school and yeah. seeing an armed guard yeah that is both concerning for kids and it's not comforting in some yeah. ways as well but you're also kind of teaching them that like like a militarized presence is normal at their school and like, and an armed presence is normal. And I think that that actually has carries the long-term risk of a soft slip into uh, militarized fascism where it's just a normalcy to have armed people in every corner of our society. So I'd, I'd rather personally tackle the, the baser issue of like preventing people who are want to do harm from yeah. getting guns. Um, but I can certainly understand in the case of that's not possible. Yeah. yeah, I'd probably prefer an armed guard at my kid's school. But there's also not a lot of data to suggest that that even prevents school yeah. shootings. I mean, look at what well, I definitely don't any any guns at all. So yeah, I mean, well look at look at <laughs> well look at what happened in look at what happened in Uvalde with yeah. the with the officers that were on campus. You know, like it's not so it's not a silver bullet. Yeah, I, I think it. Correct me if I'm wrong on this. If if I were to summarize your point of view for many of the topics that we talked about today, would be that if in a broad scope sense compared to my point of view is that generally speaking, you would like to still hope, have hope that that hope in the government to provide some form of solutions for like long-term solutions for society. Hope right? in society. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause I think that living well, without that hope is, is really but, but tough. No, spe- specifically, specifically from government and institutions. Yeah. Right? I think yeah. that, well, government institutions are just people, right? Yeah. And like, and you put, you put better people in, in those seats 
over time. And I think good things can happen. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think that, you know, my default to being, and like, as much as I have a problem with much of religion, I mean, I, I would definitely be categorized in the religious category, yeah. right? For yeah. sure. I, I follow Jesus wholeheartedly and have dedicated my life to him. Um, I believe that I think that the church has royally and totally failed on many, 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 many of the fronts that it was designed by God to do. And because the church has failed in so many of the areas that it was designed by God to do and being like raising healthy families and, and marriages and, you know, training people in, in that way. Now we have to rely on institutions, right. And the government and things of that nature. And so I, hmm. when I look at a society that would be functioning and whole, and you look at a lot of societies, you know, outside of the U S right. That maybe, that maybe do function really well. And, and that do have peace at, at a smaller scale, not at large scale, but at smaller scale religion and, or r- religious centers play a massive role in those uh, areas. I'm not uh, saying it's perfect. I think that isn't the, isn't like Norway, like uh 60 or 70% uh, atheist or something like that. It's a huge number. I, I'm not sure. I'm yeah. Not there's sure. like a, there's like a large, there's like a large number of countries that are also fairly secular that are, that do a great job with peace and, and stability. And, and perhaps I, I, I don't, I don't know the data. Um, so when I look at this, I, I think in 20 pre 2020, right. I would say uh, shortly after the 2020 election, I think is when I, my life, my views began to change, but like pre 2020 and before I think that um, I I looked at the government or I looked at society and was like, hey, we should make laws, right? We should we should impose our you know order and and in society via the government, right? And I thought maybe that the government yeah, more could provide long traditional traditional conservative yeah. view, yeah, yeah. Um, and now maybe, I maybe at, a Nikki Haley view, or, <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I don't know if I ever no, no. <laughs> like. So much so that if Trump were to pick Nikki Haley to you, run as you a wouldn't VP, vote, I would not vote for Trump. So that's why I didn't vote like, for McCain in like 08. Literally because of, that, because of like that yeah, much yeah, how yeah, so yeah. terrible she is. Yeah, right? yeah. But but I look at it now, and and now that I've looked at how I, I feel called to live my life is I go, oh, the government is so terrible, and I can trust it for nothing, and we shouldn't trust it for anything. But hey, we need to step up and do a better job to who, where we've called to be. And by we, I mean Christians who suck at being Christians, right? Like I can't even tell you how terrible we are, guys, right? So if by the way, I love that. I love that tone, and I love it. Like, like, we, like, in like general. we're, we're like, but we really are. We're really terrible at following yeah. what Christ told us to do. And I think that if we, if, for me, if if I want to make meaningful change in society and yeah, walk on, on any of these and, issues, yeah. then my where I need to be putting my focus is not by trying to go and change things in the government and and pass laws banning what I think is morally wrong. But rather, I should say, you guys do whatever you want to do. I'm going to go and live and, and hopefully hopefully help reestablish the way that the church was called to do, not being some, you know, freaking marching through countries and murdering people if you don't bow down to Christ. Like, what? Yeah, That's yeah, not what it was. Yeah. But by restoring, by restoring family and by restoring family values and ideas and community of supporting there to be what for one another. And I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat or a liberal or black, white, man, woman, transgender, gay. I don't care. I'm going to love you and take care of you because you're a human. I may disagree with you, but like, that and like that i feel like is like what christ called us to do like that's my like, that. like that's the god i serve and i my final thought on this is like when you walk into so many churches today so many churches and you listen to so many christians their their view of god is is a a white jesus who cares about the the majority of or the 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 their own secular people yeah. and anyone that disagrees with them is tribal, going to very hell tribal, and, yeah. right and we yeah. should and we should 
push them away. And like, that's, that's wrong. Right. And I don't like, I, that's wrong. And if you're a Christian and you believe that, I, I think it's wrong. And so that's where my view falls. Yes. I have strong beliefs. Yes. There's things that I wrestle with, but like by default, like that's where I feel like I can make meaningful change, not in the government. I, I, I think that's well said. Yeah. And I think that that's actually a reasonable position to have when it comes to like that personal identity and personal yeah. philosophy. It's kind of interesting. We kind of did a 180 in our, our twenties, I guess, mm. Um, because I started out in my early 20s being extremely libertarian from from having been very conservative um, and wanting to dismantle the government, and bring, <laughs> bring it all burning down, yeah. Ron Swanson, bring it to a burning heap, yeah. of, heap of rubble. And, you know, like it was because I, I noticed that the bigger the government, the more bad things that just kept happening yep. seemingly. Now, yep. and then my and then I just kept happening. That's a deficit bigger, bigger. Bigger every year. Republicans are in power, huh? Deficit kept getting bigger. Uh, Democrats are in power. Oh, I can't, Jesus! They keep they, they keep grabbing more. Like, and I realized I think that the, my my core like epiphany was like it doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter who's in power. <laughs> like the government's going to keep getting bigger and keep doing spending more money specifically until Bitcoin takes over. Well, <laughs> well, until the collapse happens, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but so then my kind of like turnaround was like, well, okay, shit. Like, if they're gonna spend four trillion dollars a year, probably five by now, right? I haven't looked at it recently. But if they're gonna spend four trillion dollars a year, they might as well spend it on good shit. And so that was kind of like my turnaround of like I can kind of get behind that idea, I guess. Right. Like 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 if if it's gonna happen regardless of if Trump's in office for four years and runs trillion dollar deficits or Biden's in office for four years and runs trillion dollar deficits, okay, like let's finance medical school for everyone who's qualified. Like, okay, like let's build more high speed rail and okay, like let's put you know, more, I don't know how you feel about renewable energy, but like more solar panels in color, like, on, right? Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like let's find, let's let's make it a law that anyone who wants to get solar panels can get them half financed by the government or whatever it is, like tax credit stuff. Anyway, my point is that like if you're gonna spend the cash, spend it on America yep. and spend it on good like healthcare for people. Spend like don't let and this is again my I open with this and I'll close with this. Don't let cancer cancer bankrupt people. Forty three percent of medical debt. Forty three percent of medical debt. Sorry, forty three percent of bankruptcies in the United States come from medical debt. It is the largest cause of bankruptcy in the United States, and it is uniquely American. Medical debt, medical bankruptcy do not exist in any significant quantity in yeah. any other country in the world. Yeah. And it is crazy that you can get you can work your whole life. Be a good man, good woman, pay into the system, raise a family, save, scrimp, do everything right, and get cancer at 64, and your whole fucking life savings is gone. And you die poor in debt, destitute, adding insult to injury, and that, or you never even seek treatment because you can't afford it. And I think that that's kind of what drives me to, like, I I have I have some personal, you know, family and other background that, you know, so. I, I really um, I find it insane that we let people suffer in this country to such a high degree when we spend so much money. So that's what drives me to be a progressive is to help people with the money that we're going to spend one yeah. way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, dude, I appreciate it. Yeah. I think that's a good stopping yeah, point. Good point. Thank yeah. you guys. This yeah. was everything I thought it'd be. Dude, this was, this awesome. was tremendous. Yeah, dude, thank you for, awesome. and thank you for hosting in your yeah, home course, and man, having us over. I love doing this stuff. JR, so. thanks for the idea. This you was know. great, yeah. man. That, that yeah. first text, man, I was like, oh boy. <laughs> JR, JR knows me well. I like these I hope. I hope, that, so. I hope your oh, audience yeah, liked it too. Yeah, put it out. So thank you. Appreciate it. Wait, did we? 
Say our names, actually. Did you say your name at the beginning? Colin McIntosh, Sheets okay, and Giggles. Cool, yeah. Josh Forty, J.R. Revis. J.R. Revis. Uh, the man, the myth. I don't All know right. the legend yet. You'll get there. <laughs> and you're, and All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys.